Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kickout Crew, episode 11. Uh, you know, thanks for reminding me, Devin. Sounds like heaven. But uh, we have a very special uh, episode today. But before we get into that, we want to thank everyone for the overwhelming support that we had. Uh, really appreciate the comments, the feedback, the retweets, the messages, the calls, the texts. Really appreciated the feedback we have from uh, our last episode. And I have a feeling this next episode is going to be a little more special because uh, not only do you have us, if you're watching on YouTube, you can also see that we have Brandy Wagner. Oh, Brandy, uh, you know, welcome to the show. And, uh, you know, tell the people about yourself. Thank you. Well, as, as I was announced, I'm from Alaska. So I just got home from work. Been a wrestling fan for 30 years. Women's wrestling is my jam. So, of course, I had to come rescue y'all from yourself with this series. Thank you. <laughs> no, we appreciate it because we're having fun. Yeah. I'm like excited. Said, y'all have done pretty good so far. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Brandy. Hey, Brandy, you said that uh, Devin had a quote about Lita in the last show. And I asked the guys earlier, what was actually said that this young pipsqueak said to disrespect Lita? Well, so mm -hmm. what happened was I saw a tweet from Zol, who was giving his feedback on the show and saying that he had said something about Lita. And I had not gotten to that point yet because I was spending 10 hours trying to listen for all of Brad's ums. And all Devin did oh, was my. say that he preferred Lita to Trish. And that's a taste issue, personal taste, all good. At first, I was ready to kill him because I'm mm -hmm. like, who who said what about Our Lady of Extreme? But no, he's okay. Yeah, it's all the way around. I prefer Trish over Lita. But yeah, I didn't say too much. I love Lita too. She's, you know, she's a legend in the business. There's no beef between me and Brandy. No, I just want to know what you said. I, I mean, oh. <laughs> your opinion's your opinion. Everyone's on top of that. You're never wrong. Absolutely. No, he just prefers Trish to Lita, whereas most everybody in the crew preferred Lita, but it was kind of evenly split. I'll be the tiebreaker. Lita wins. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I know uh... she's, she's the better worker. There we go. Already off to a uh, fast start for sure. Uh, speaking of fast starts, Devin's up on the scene. Uh, Devin, uh, you know, let the people know about yourself. How uh, how you feeling this week, bud? Oh boy! If you guys listened last week, you'll know that uh, my fiance Erica had COVID. Well, now I've got it. So uh, my head's been stuffed, runny nose. You know, I I got all the symptoms, but I'm still here with you guys. Couldn't miss this for uh, you know. Couldn't miss this at all. This is always fun. Nice. Super. See, that's the dedication that, uh, you know, Devin has. So, uh, you know, we just had a court case by questioning his loyalty. Here he is with COVID. So, you know, sometimes things just come full circle, I guess. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, how's your week been, man? Uh, you got anything crazy going on? Uh, week's been going good. Um, getting ready to have some family come in town this weekend. Be here in probably about an hour or so. So have a good old weekend planned out for that, and daughter's birthday coming up, niece's birthday, and ready for a nice little family time. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, cook like yourself with the Fourth of July. You know, Mike's Green Minute type stuff. Hey, they've already got. It's like your All Star Weekend right here, bro. <laughs> That's right. I already got tomorrow cooking, Saturday I'm cooking, and Sunday I'm cooking. Hope you got plenty of ketchup for them hot dogs. <laughs> <Right>. And pizza. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, uh, that's a good uh, little intro. Uh, you know, I'm going to kick it over to Brad. So we, uh, you know, maybe uh, intro to what we're talking about a little bit there, Brad. Well, first off, Brandy, what's the count for uh, St. Jude? If so, you guys remember, hold on, let's remember, ums last week, Brandy was counting at home. How many ums Brad said? Now, these ums do not count, coach, but the ums that after I said, starting now, Brandy, what's the damage? Uh, does he have to go take a loan out for uh, saying something? <laughs> hey, I'm right here. <laughs> he might have to. The total um count from episode 10 was 75. Oh, I was close. I said 88. Yes. So in the first 15 minutes, he had 15 ums. In the first 30 minutes, it, the count went up 9 to 24. In the first hour, it went up 17 to 41. In uh, the next half an hour, it was 22 for a total of 63. And in the final 30 minutes, it was its grand total of 11. And then in that, you know, three minutes after the two-hour mark was one. So 75 ums. All right. So $75 to St. Jude. I'm going to go ahead and round that up to 100 because I think there was many ahs in there as well. And it's You also said, I don't know a lot. Yeah, I don't. However, know. that's a fact. I don't know. I don't know. And half the time, I just keep talking and can't find where I'm supposed to be in my notes. So we're going to round it up to 100. It's for a good cause. And we're not going to do that today because, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed we don't have any sponsors yet. But maybe down the road, we will consider doing that again. So let's talk about. Otherwise, what today's... that's going to get very expensive. <laughs> this today's episode is going to be. Now, we originally said in the last episode that this was going to be, well, first we said it was going to be a three-parter. Then we said, well, there's no way we could do it in three parts. So now it's four. Well, now, guess what? We are doing five parts because Brad fucked up another outline. So, because today is ruthless aggression and there is way too much meat on the bone to just kind of glance, go through this and then go through to almost the women's revolution. There's just too much. We would have been rushing, or this episode would have been just way too long. You didn't so, yes, say it right, Brad. What's that? Ruthless aggression. You didn't say it right. What I say? You're supposed to go ruthless aggression. All right. I was wondering what you meant. <laughs> so, uh, if any, did anybody have a chance to watch the documentary on WWE, the ruthless aggression? Yeah, I did. So if you didn't have a chance at home, I thought this was very well done. And this is mainly the reason that I uh, that we all decided that this needed to be a five-parter. So in the, basically what happens is in 2001, Fit Finley gets hired to make the women basically tougher and to teach them how to do moves a, a better, teach them how to do better. But also he was never, he, he, it was new to him as well, which was, which was great. Cause I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was just something that he, was thrown into uh, many people are talking on this episode you hear from brian gewertz brian gewertz is the one that helps the rock now he's his writer you've heard from trish stratus you hear from michelle mccool victoria michael cole johnny gargano kevin owens melina natalia mickey james 
Victoria. Uh, and they finally, they said they could see the changes in the women. So they told Fit Finley to slow it down, slow it down. And so he would slow it down for a week. And then he would say, you know what? We're getting right back to it. SummerSlam, or in the summer of 02, and then Stephanie McMahon became the GM. So then they also had the authority, uh, the authority addition to this as well. So she was behind the scenes and really pushing for the ladies. At the King of the Ring match, we're going to be covering a little later. You can actually, we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. You can see the changes just in the match alone compared to what we were watching in, in the Attitude Era. That was basically just a fashion show and a chance for the women to shake their asses. You can see that you can see the difference in Trish. You can see the difference in, in all of them. So, and in November of 2003, you have Lita and Victoria in a steel cage match, which was never done before either. In WrestleMania 20, we're, we're going to talk about Molly Holly again. And Molly Holly, they, they, there was no women's championship on the show. So Molly Holly flat out says, what if I shave my head? So they put it on the show, and if she lost, she had to shave her head, which she did. And if all of you watch this, it, we talked about it in a previous episode, archives, check them out. <laughs> it is extremely disturbing. This isn't, this isn't something that – this isn't pretend. This was really happening. So, uh, you know, then in the, same, in the same episode or in the same WrestleMania, Trish cost Jericho a match. And, yes, in that same episode, there was a Playboy evening gown match that nobody seems to remember. So they were giving a lot more respect to the women. Now, the diva search happened during the Ruthless Aggression era too. The diva search, so every week, we know one of them would get voted off and they were all in bikinis and it didn't make the women of this, that were already there very happy because they felt like they were taking a step back. At least that's the way I interpret it. Maybe you guys can interpret it a little different, but that's the way I interpret it. So they had a dodgeball match where Michelle McCool completely kicked their ass as a diva. But out of the Divas came a lot of uh, great wrestlers. You know, you have Layla, Maurice, and the Bella Twins, Maria Canellis, and it, you know, it goes on and on. And then as, uh, as it goes on with this documentary, you, you find out, you know, Mickey James. And, you know, so many of these ladies came back also for the Royal Rumble that was the first Royal Rumble and for the Women's Revolution. So it was a really good documentary. I kind of gave you a crash course there, stumbled over a few words, but just know that it was really really great uh what this era did and i didn't realize the importance of it and how it it really did pay I, I know this is an overused term but it definitely paved the way now real briefly before we go to the match james i want to just talk about tna at this time because the knockouts division uh in 07 was was developed and it was a battle royal it was a 10 it was a gauntlet match with 10 women i still don't think T from watching the match, TNA was quite there, but you did have a lot of great wrestlers in there. Uh, awesome Kong being one, uh, different, and as our friend Brandy says, not the feminine norm, and that's okay with us. We like that. And with Gail Kim also as the winner of that match to become the first TNA Knockouts champion, who all of us have respect for today. So that's what we'll be discussing today. I was a brief description of the uh, ruthless aggression era <laughs> and what was going on at the time. So thank you for that. Appreciate that, Brad. That was a good little, uh, you know, summary. That is uh, the Ruthless Aggression uh, season two, I believe, in episode three or so. You'll just see it. it's like Face yes, of thank the Revolution. you. Season but two, episode three. Mm -hmm. Very well done, narrated by Pat McAfee, who I'm a huge fan of. <laughs> I name drop him a bunch, but yeah, very well done documentary, and I appreciate the them showing like women breaking through that barrier 
You know, I have a niece, so it's cool to be like, hey, like these women did it. You know, they didn't give up. They fought through the bullshit and, you know, did something. So cool to uh, see. But uh, that's enough about that. It's time to see uh, why we feel so strongly about that. And uh, the first match we're covering today is Molly Holly versus Trish Stratus. And it is a WWE Women's Championship match from King of the Ring 2002. Took place on June uh, 23rd of said year, 2002, at the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. It was the uh, 10th annual King of the Ring, 16th overall King of the Ring tournament, and it was the first one since the name change to WWE. Had an attendance of 14,198 people, a buy rate of a supposedly uh, 320,000, match length with a little over five minutes, and for the people who justify things that Meltzer has to rate, he gave it a star and three quarter. Yeah. But, you know, that's just a rating that some dude came up with. But enough about that. Brad, take it away, buddy. Well, I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Mike, who I believe has a little bit of a buildup on this show. Yeah, I got a little bit. I looked, couldn't find too much on this. Um, this was just after Molly Holly turned heel. And she was back there doing a backstage segment, and Tris came up to her and was just talking a bunch of shit to her and started talking about her having a fat ass is where this led up to. Um, they end up having a match later on that night, and if Molly Holly won, she got a title match. If Trish won, then Molly Holly had to wrestle on a thong. Well, as we know now from the King of the Ring, Molly Holly won that match. And that's kind of where pretty much what I got from everything. I appreciate I appreciate the, the due diligence, my friend. Was um Molly Holly character her persona, was she considered like a straight late version of virgin? Because that's the way it kind of sounded. Cause uh I think that JR or somebody said uh, she's gonna lose her virginity was that something that was going on during that time was she supposed to be a straight laced person or was that just did i miss something i think she was just doing that whole like she wasn't like the beauty queen type deal okay Got going it. after the people for that is what her what she was going after well what about, let's talk about that coach and i was gonna ask you what did you think of her attire for this match uh, it looked like she was getting ready to go to work, like yeah. in an office or something. Right. That's the way I felt about it, too. She definitely didn't look like she was in ring gear at all. No. That was very strange. And then Trish had the purple on, which was good, but also not not as risky, I would say, as the stuff she wore in the past. What did you think about the gear in this, in this Brandy? Well, first of all, in this era, you still had that lack of storytelling. There wasn't a lot of great detailed sort of stories coming yet for the women. We'll see that later on in the year when we get into the feud between Trish and Victoria, where they allude to them having a past and Victoria thinking that Trish sabotaged her. And this was literally Trish making fun of Molly for wearing granny panties. And unfortunately, that's a lot of the tropes that WWE throws into their women's stories is that they're making fun of people for what they choose to wear, whether it be the clothes that they wear or the underwear that they wear or the people that they hang out with. And honestly, 
I've been over it since 2002. I didn't have a problem with anything they were wearing. I enjoy whatever it is that woman wants to wear. I think what Molly wore was definitely a departure from what this audience had been used to seeing, what women would wear, because she was completely covered. She had a top on that covered her cleavage. She had pants on that were not snug, that showed her legs, but didn't actually, you know, our skin tight, whereas Trish would wear something that was much more form-fitting, but not as, say, teeny-tiny as some of the Divas era attire would be. So I'm fine with whatever any girl wants to wear. I think part of the women's evolution and part of the revolution is women reclaiming their femininity and their sexuality and saying, no, this is not something you're going to push on me. This is something I'm going to have power over and I'm going to be in control over. So I am all for that. Well, speaking of being a male chauvinist, James, do we have any lines from the king that you would like to share with us today? Boy, howdy, do we ever. Uh, <laughs> it's sad that a, a lot of it, you know, because I was listening, it's just like, they bring up, uh, we got, uh, let's see, uh, JR says uh, on a replay, we'll show you how Molly used her ample-sized caboose. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was a lot of uh, big butt talk. <laughs> I guess, you, I mean, you can tell that this didn't age well because, you know, girls got asses these days, you know what I'm saying? White girls, you know, they bring it, they're stepping up to the game, so, you know. But back in this day, I guess it was looked down as a little different for white women to have uh, big cabooses because it's <laughs> definitely referenced in this match more than it should be, in my opinion. Um, but, uh you would, I mean, that's pretty much all. Uh, there's a lot of really, really bad quotes in here that I have written down. If you want me to just talk about that for a second, yeah, absolutely. We uh, want to talk the good and the bad of this era, yeah, true. Uh, let's see. Molly was choking Trish with the panties, and uh, King said, That's a waste of good panties. JR <laughs> said, What would you do with those? And then Paws was like, Never mind. And I was like, Oh, there we go. You know, thank God that made air, huh? <laughs> <laughs> as uh, jr would say <laughs> uh trish hits the bottom rope jr says trish is broke king says <laughs> god broke what about the puppies i mean it's it's that type of you know like juvenile stuff that's going around granted i was a juvenile at this time so you know i'm i'm guilty of it too i guess uh it, they're really not calling moves they're pretty much just uh you know potty talking <laughs> as some would say uh JR talking about Molly. She can't help that she's posteriorly challenged. I mean, it's just this type of stuff the whole fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, uh, yeah, I'll save that quote for the uh, end. But, yeah, it's just not girl. It's not good that it's just complete, like, fat butt talk, like, for the whole match. For as much as that's going on, though, you can tell. And I, I know I said it very quickly in the, in the uh, when I was talking about the documentary you can see the difference in trish in this match and we weren't seeing a lot of molly in the attitude era she fits definitely better into this era than the attitude era for sure because they were trying to change even though we weren't maybe all the way there in 02 yet but adam i wanted to ask you as an in-ring performer what did you think of the aggressiveness in this match uh, molly's aggressiveness and what did you think of their in-ring chemistry You're out. Muted. <laughs> Muted, buddy. Why is he doing this again? 
Why did y'all mute me? That's not nice. <laughs> anyway, the first note I wrote down is actually, if I knock everything over, uh, Molly, how she jump-started the match and how they actually have really good chemistry together. You can tell that they have wrestled together a couple of times. Uh, and I know Trish is just kind of starting out here. I'm not sure how far into her wrestling she's gotten here. But I know Molly had just come from WCW not too long before this. So I know she's had more time in the ring. But as far as their chemistry, it's pretty good. Uh, I wish they could have got a couple more minutes. But um, overall, good match. I mean, I'm a big fan of Molly Holly. I wish, I, I wish she was a wrestler now. Devin, why do you think hair pulling is illegal? Um, well, it'd be a disadvantage to you, Brad. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why it's illegal, honestly. Uh, you know, we kind of seen it more in these women's matches and around this era. So I, now, I don't know if you call it too illegal. But I was always told on a football field that the hair is part of the uniform. I'm just not sure why it doesn't uh, play out that way in a wrestling match, or I guess when they want to. I say so, always is friendly on that term. That was now a obviously. But go ahead, Devin. Do you remember watching when Molly Holly actually got her head shaved? Oh yeah, at WrestleMania. She. Uh, now, you were you were a young kid. Did that disturb you at all? Did it bother you? Did you think that was scary? No, no, I loved it. It's all part of the part of the act, part of the show. Okay. What did you think of the crowd reaction to Molly James? I felt uh, it didn't really seem, uh, I mean, the crowd was there per se, but watching some of the background, it was definitely used as a uh, toiletry break. I'll put it that way. I saw a lot of people standing up and like shuffling around. I mean, you know, when people were there and reacting, obviously it's good, but it wasn't a consistent, you know, you can definitely tell the crowd's gotten a lot more behind it as uh, time has evolved for sure. Coach, you saw the thong picture in the crowd, right? Yes, I did. What was your reaction to that? My eyes went like this, boom. <laughs> and uh, because I don't think we uh, see that today. I mean, they take some, they take some pretty harmless signs down nowadays. That that definitely wouldn't fly. I mean, in AEW, half of their signs, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. They're talking about video games and uh, Pokemon and all these other stuff. They weren't. Uh, we're talking about that note too. So, Mike, you did the outline for this match, so you knew the buildup. I don't know if you remember this at the time of, of Molly winning. Were you? Do you think the right woman went over here? Um, yeah, I think she deserved it, but because I, I, um, I think that was her first title win too, and um, and she was a heel, so. At the, you know, with her being a heel, the way she wanted, with everything going on, you know, how they were talking all the shit they were talking about her, you know, she cheated to win and she got the win. Just kind of put her right back in their face. Devin, did you think it ended abruptly? Uh, a little bit, not not too bad. All right, so you think they did its due diligence? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of the better matches that we've covered over the past few weeks. It definitely oh, had a yeah. better build to the finish. It definitely is. And I want to – I think we got most of what we need out of this match. Molly does get the win. Trish with a roll-up. Molly reverses it. Gets She has the tights. The tights are breaking the rules, even though I think it's very minor. And Molly gets the win. The belt, to me, looks extremely small. But 
It was a great moment. You can't, for, uh, you can't skim over what JR said, though, pretty much right after the pin. Good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I guess it's the first time you can say a woman's champion is a virgin and proud of it. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I heard. I've, yeah. yeah. It's like right, like a little bit after the pin. So real quick, Brandy, uh, this was Devin uh, gave me some notes on this, and I actually had it written down, too. But I think you're the one that needs to answer this. A lot of women thank Molly for their career. They thank they thank Molly Holly for their their she was an inspiration to them. You hear it all the time. Why do you think that is? Molly represented something that was different. Molly came into wrestling with a very solid base. She debuted. She started training in '97 under Dean Malenko. She didn't ever rely too heavily on her appearance, even though in WCW she was kind of just like arm candy but she was still working with the guys and still training. Randy Savage is the one who put the call in for her with Vince to get her a job in WWE. And with Fitz added training, she was just very strong in the ring. Everything was very crisp. Her timing was good. Everything looked snug and believable, but not too tight or too stiff. And proved that you can just be a wrestler you didn't have to be a model and that you could be successful and I think that's important because you need both aspects because there are going to be girls that are growing up and watching this and either want to be a model and be on tv be a manager do that sort of thing or they're going to want to get in the ring and do what Molly Holly did you're going to see a recurring theme with a lot of the women from this era as they influence and start working through on the independent scene, the different types that are being emulated like a Victoria, like a Molly Holly, like a Gail Kim, like a Jazz, that really influences a lot of the women that are on TV today. And I think that's a trend we're going to see continue. And as we talk to, about Shimmer a little bit later, we're going to talk about that influence overall on women's wrestling and the development and just the sheer amount of television stars that went through that promotion. Thank you so much for bringing up Jazz. I, I meant to mention her because she is shown in the documentary as well, but not mentioned. They do show her probably about a dozen times, but she is not mentioned. So thank you very much for that, for, for bringing that up. I don't know if the relationship between WWE and Jazz is a good one at this point in time. I'm not sure exactly how she left in 04. She was part of the women's triple threat at WrestleMania 19 in Seattle. She was definitely a different woman. Uh, you know, an African-American woman, aside from Jackie, really hadn't gotten any spotlight since Sapphire uh, in the early 90s. So... And her style was always so good, so strike heavy. She was so, Jazz is another one that really has influenced a lot of women that are coming up now. She's a trainer in Louisiana, was NWA Women's World Champion for like 900 days before she had to vacate it for personal and medical reasons right before the relaunch of the NWA. Yeah, Jazz is currently helping backstage at the NWA as well. Her and her husband, Rodney Mack. Exactly. Back the Mac, baby. Mac attack. I do like Rodney Mac. All right. Thank you very much for that. James, unless anybody has anything else they want to add on this match, I think we're good and we can kick it back to you. Well, uh, you know, I uh, I think we uh, broke down that match as, uh, as thorough and as well thought as we should. Uh, really appreciate everybody's feedback. But uh, Brandy, you mentioned Shimmer. Uh, 
I think uh, you can elaborate on, you know, some of the topics that you brought to the table for this. Uh, so, uh, hey, the floor is yours. Take it away. Thank you. Yes, as I get my 100 pages of notes here. Uh, so Shimmer was the first major all-women's promotion in the United States after GLOW and WOW. It uh, was launched in 2005 by Allison Danger, who is a uh, wrestler and turned trainer, and she is also the sister of Steve Carino, as well as uh, announcer Dave Prezak, who everyone remembers from WCW. So they host events that are taped for later distribution, and each show is referred by a volume number. Uh, they usually film at the Eagles Club out of Berwyn, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. This is like very much in the vein of that independent, like it's very reminiscent of PWG, the super indie out of California. But of course, you know, because Super Dragon had a bad experience with Sarah Del Rey, he would not book any women except for Candice LeRae until maybe last year, I think is when he finally changed his mind. But that, that's a whole other topic. The number of women that have gone through Shimmer is insane. If I can just put my list back together here. Okay. Amber O'Neill, cheerleader Melissa, who was in Impact as Alicia, Alyssa Flash, or the manager of Awesome Calling at the very beginning, Raisha Saeed. Was she blue Miss pants? No, that was Oliva Bates. Okay. Your face. <laughs> Miss Chief, Lexi Fife, as I mentioned, one of the founders, Allison Danger, Mercedes Martinez, who is in WWE and is now in AEW and the current Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Sarah Del Rey, who is the main women's trainer in the Performance Center, Daisy Hayes, who is a pillar of Ring of Honor for women and was a trainer at their dojo before they changed ownership. Lacey and Rain, the Minnesota Homewrecking Crew, Christy Vane, Beth Phoenix. She was on the very first volume of Shimmer, taking on Mercedes Martinez. Hmm. Rebecca Knox, you might know her better as Becky Lynch. Uh, Malia Hosaka, Nikki Rocks, otherwise known as Roxy or Roxy Laveau. Chantel Taylor, who would go on to be Taylor Wilde, Serena Deeb. Portia Perez, Nicole Matthews, The Rate Tank, Kelly Skater, Natty Neidhart, Daphne, rest in peace, Sarah Stock, also known as Sarita or Dark Angel, uh, Jetta, Ashley Lane or Madison Rain, Nevaeh, Lufisto, Madison Eagles, Cherry Bomb, also known as Allie or The Bunny, Sassy yeah. Steffi, Allison Kay, Jesse McKay or Billy Kay. Tennille Dashwood, Ayoko Hamada, just endless amounts of talent that have gone through this one promotion and have gone on to greater success on television. Yeah, a lot of Impact wrestlers, as you named, that are there now as well that, that are in Impact. Absolutely. Impact and uh, wow, that was great. And of course, you would have other names, like there was some other international ones, um, Soraya, who is Paige's mother, Brittany Knight Page, when she was just 16 and 17 years old, she's working these shows. Well, how the hell old and is Roxy? I mean, Roxy's <laughs> 20 now. 
She's like 2021 now. <laughs> Not Roxy. Uh, Nikki Rocks. Oh, okay. Roxy. I bet they have the wrong person. Brandy Roxy is a product of uh, reality of wrestling. Booker okay. Shoot. And Brandy, you sent me a match that had um, Beth Phoenix in there. Yes, that was so. from the first volume of Shimmer. It was Beth Phoenix versus Mercedes Martinez. And we had a conversation about oh. how this was such a different presentation of Beth Phoenix than what we had seen in the WWE. Correct. I got a question, Brandy. Yes. Does Sarah Del Rey get her flowers as far as her being such a good trainer and being a good wrestler? Because you don't hear her name a lot. But I think she should be praised a whole lot more because she trains all them ladies in the in the uh, performance center. She does. And so there's a two-part answer to that. Yes and no. Yes, because she is the main trainer for all these women that are coming through the performance center and really polishing them and showing them kind of this generation's fit family, really teaching them the basics and showing them what needs to be done. On the other hand, Sarah Del Rey had a history of bad backstage politics where she would badmouth other women, hold them back, there was rumor and innuendo that that was the reason why Lufisto never really got a shot in North American independent scene outside of Canada. Sarah Del Rey is also the woman that Super Dragon had a bad experience with and never booked another woman again for like 13 years. That's the stuff so, you don't yes and no. And so that kind of dovetails into another interesting kind of topical conversation is Sarah is married to Claudio Castagnoli, the former Cesaro, who just debuted in AEW and was tag team partners with Chris Hero as the Kings of Wrestling. And there's been a lot of talk about how Eddie Kingston and Claudio really don't like each other. And there's this history of maybe some sour grapes or backstage politics affecting people. Uh, and their bookings. So it's interesting that those kind of all link up. Well, Eddie Kingston flat out said on his Zoom with the top guys that he does not like that guy. I, I was there. so He does he, not. He that, that is, that's, that's real. And I will find it and retweet it again. But somebody actually went back through all of the old Chikara shows. They were one of the unfortunate casualties of the Speaking Out movement because their owner and promoter was outed as a toxic person and as a bully and it was a toxic work environment but he went back they went back through the old footage to kind of bring together the story of eddie and cesaro uh real quick randy i just because you said it uh a lot of people at home don't know what that is that's shikara can you just briefly say what that is uh i'm sorry you broke up there the shikara shikara wrestling you didn't uh, can you just explain what that is yes so shikara was a promotion based out of Pennsylvania. It was way more family friendly. They marketed themselves as very family friendly. Cartoon, comic book style characters come to life with a heavier emphasis on athleticism. But the main emphasis was on the storytelling. And there were some great stories. And a lot of great wrestlers went through there. It's just unfortunate the way it ended for them. I appreciate you going into depth about that. All right, we're going to switch gears for a minute here, James, okay? Go for it. It's your show. Yeah, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to you guys about what have we all done to make 
our significant other, whoever we're dating, whoever we're trying to date in our life, happy. So let's talk about a situation with me. My wife and I are in Vegas. And we are, at the time, very, very big Walking Dead fans. Walking Dead, we're, we're sticking, by the way, we're hanging in there, by the way. Hanging in there. Even though it's already finished, we have about eight left in the DVR that we got to finish. But it's been tough sledding, if you, if, you, if you catch my drift. But anyway, we were big fans at the time. This is probably five years ago or so. So I got her tickets, well, us tickets, to a zombie burlesque show in Vegas. We're in line at the Hard Rock Theater and waiting to get in, excited, having a good time in Vegas, just the two of us. Kids are home, just, just the two of us. We get in there. I would say there's probably a 1,000 people that can fit in that theater. And we're, and we're looking at what's on stage. So there's zombies. Not the kind of zombies you see in Walking Dead. Basically, it's a woman's face painted white that's completely naked and wrapping around a pole. And this went on uh, after about the fifth woman, zombie, whatever the case may be. My wife looks at me and says, this is more for you than for me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am fucked. I am fucked. She's sitting here next to me, pissed off to all hell. I was trying to do something nice, trying to do something nice. All right. So the perfect 10 whatever zombies are off the stage and a five, four to five hundred pound man dressed as a woman. Zombie gets on the stage. Her name, his name, no judgment, of course. Tiny Bubbles. Tiny Bubbles looks out to the crowd and says, I need a volunteer. Now, there's a thousand people, at least in this crowd, at least. I said, this is my chance. This is my chance. I got to make this count. So I raise my hand. Everybody's raising their hand. But I raise my hand. He points at me. He goes, you. I'm like, thank God. All right. I get on stage, and the womanish voice that he was portraying is no longer there to me. He goes, thanks for doing this for me. You're a good sport. I'm like, no problem at all. Grabbing my ass, turning me around, calling me a skinny little thing. Everybody on the crowd's laughing. I look at my wife. Now, he's also drawing a picture of me. He's doing a caricature of me. I look out. I look at my wife. She's on a chair, filming it. Smiling either ear to ear, glowing. And I think I say, thank God. I, I I have I pulled out of this. I have made her happy. And I don't care at what cost. So I kick it out to the crew. What have you done and swallowed your pride about to make the woman, the man in your life happy? I saw you raising your hand, Adam. No, I just had a question about yours. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you used to blow bubbles as a kid? I did. Uh, by the way, if you can see on the screen here, if you're watching YouTube, this is what this is the character that had me on the stage. So, and and it says, Tiny Bubbles drew my character and brought me to life. Zombie burlesque, V Theaters, Planet Hollywood. Not hard rock, Planet Hollywood. Sorry about the uh I get confused with those two sometimes. Uh, so when, when you blew bubbles as a kid, was it more like tiny bubbles? Yes. Okay, so now it comes full circle. <laughs> gotcha. Adam, I need to know. Tiny bubbles. In the wine. <laughs> makes me feel happy. Come on, everyone. Heard that. Makes, makes me feel, feel fine. fine. 
No, 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 so anyway, sick to drink Pepsi today. Adam, come on. What have you done to impress a woman that you embarrassed yourself with? As you take a big swig of beer. I'll just keep talking until you're ready, okay? <laughs> drink beer, you know that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really get embarrassed real easy. Um, I have been to a... Uh, like, not... I don't, how would you say it? Like a... Uh, like a gay bar type deal down here in Birmingham with, with some friends back when I worked at Walmart. Most fun I ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. It wasn't to impress anybody, but it was just like coworkers. And that was probably the most fun I had. I mean, because <clears throat> you talking about just having a blast, not caring about anybody, what anybody thinks. I mean, we probably had a blast. So something that you probably wouldn't think I'd ever do. We went to, I was in my 20s too. I had a blast. And I'll tell anybody, I, that was probably one of the most fun times as far as going out from the house. That's probably one of the most fun times I ever had. So I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. By the oh, way, I wasn't embarrassed either. I wasn't embarrassed either. Right? I was just trying to make someone happy. It Coach. takes a lot to embarrass me, I, I mean, just to be honest. Coach, I'm looking at you, kid. You've been quiet tonight, and it, it needs to end. All right? So do me a favor and tell me a story that you did to get you out of trouble with your wife, impress your wife that you normally wouldn't do. Golly, 22 <laughs> years of mistakes. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of ammunition. Uh, well, number one, I've never had a new car. 22 years of marriage. Right now I'm driving an 03 Lexus. And uh, my wife's always had the, the best car, so that's probably number one. Uh, Number two, I've gone camping plenty of times, and I hate camping. Uh, I'm, I'm a hotel kind of guy. And uh, I'm getting this remodel done. It's taking about four months, five months. So I, sometimes my words aren't the best, and sometimes uh, the way I handle things aren't the best, but I got a pure heart, and I always want to make my wife happy and my kids happy. And uh, now I'm starting to say, uh, cause you got me, this is a tough one to talk about. Uh, 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 but, uh, I'd say probably about 50, 50 out of the time, uh, I make her happy and 50% of the time I piss her off. So I might not be the very best to come at this topic, but I, I have had my moments. I hate camping too. I, I'd rather just sit in the air conditioning. Yeah, I love camping. My God. <laughs> Sorry. No, thank you. There's bugs out there. Boy. Uh, there's animals out there. Yeah. When you live where I do, I could get eaten by a bear. No one else. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're in a so you take your dog with you. <laughs> I don't have a dog. Have, I have your kids cat. out fish you the whole time. Well, you know? Yes. Listen, where I go camping... We have no cell phone service. We have oh, nothing. There's that. no camper. It's hey, a tent, a mind. fire, a creek, and I'm not gonna get my Twitter it. updates. <laughs> no, that that week you're out there, it's screw Twitter. It's screw everything. Um, you, you come in town every couple of days. Download your stuff from um, Patreon from Matt Free Shows. Then you go back and. Oh, so you have plans. You, know, you you still use your technology. <laughs> 
Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, so I just download you everything you need ahead of time. Right. Everything... Say hi um, to the guys. Yeah. There's Sapphire. Hey, Sapphire. Hi, cat. Hi, cat. Where's Jerry Lawler when you need him? Here, kitty, kitty. So, I'll James, you do you have any stories that you've done? God almighty. Uh... I, was oh, this to hey, I know I've done some. This will be good. I know I've done some outlandishly <laughs> stupid shit to definitely impress women. I mean, I'm a sucker for it. Man, you need to think about it. And I go to someone else for a minute. Well, I mean, they're all going to be just like stupid money wasting. I can't really name anything specific. I've definitely. What have uh... you done? What have you done? Like, like you going out of your way? I mean, I've gone to like concerts and stuff. Like, you know, what kind of concerts? Like that. It's on the block or what? Well, I mean, the headliner of said concert was Eminem, so I was like, I won. <laughs> you know, so that, like, yeah, but the whole aspect of the whole day, like doing little shit, like she knew that Eminem was the headliner, so it was like a little festival thing. So of course I was, you know, oh my god, let's go do this. Oh my god, you know, like all that stuff, like the whole day. And I was like, yeah, because I knew, you know, I'm seeing Eminem, <laughs> and this was back. Uh, uh, right after that, uh, like that, not afraid and all that stuff. Whatever album that was, it was like right then. So he was like oh, back sure. on the real popular swing. So I was cool with it. I mean, you know, just like I'm a sucker for that shit, though. Like, it may appear that I'm not having a good time, but after I get through the stubbornness of it, you know, then I'll uh, I'll end up like you know just being like, fuck it, I'm here. Like it's to make her happy, so I'll do it. But you know, it's a good time after three beers anyway. Right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was like, I'm having fun too. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's get right. seven caricatures. Like, let's do this. Gavin, are you ready to bore us to death with whatever bullshit? For oh yeah, I'm <laughs> I just love Erica so much. Hey. All right, all right. Every day of my life is the most wonderful day ever. Right, just keep getting better every day, every day. So we all know that having a woman in your life is about making sacrifices daily. Everyone has to make those little sacrifices to make the woman in your life happy. Hourly. Hourly. <laughs> hourly, minutely, you know, literally daily. Minutely for me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, happy wife, happy life. So, uh, yeah, I'm always making sacrifices uh, in my life to make Erica happy. I think uh, the dumbest thing I've done to make her happy, though, is uh, give myself COVID. This shit sucks. <laughs> what is that? Uh, well, she constantly was needed help all week in the bedroom, needing stuff, needing water filled, needing everything, and I got COVID because of it. So, help uh, in the bedroom and got COVID. Mm. <laughs> Not that. That's Thank been you. since before I'm the. I'm sure you wore masks one. in the bedroom and then prevented <laughs> everything, right? No. no. See, Brett, uh, when, when you're a I southern was... gentleman like myself, you don't have to do stuff to impress women. All you gotta do is just show up, and they're impressed right then. All right. Good point. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you have anything special for your lady that you want to have a mortgage with and kids with? Mortgage? Uh, <laughs> mortgage, yeah. No, I mean, nothing really embarrassing. Um, see, like, I mean, when the kids came, I just did everything I had to do so she can be a stay-at-home mom and you know, she didn't have to worry about babysitters. She's always worried about stuff like that. So I'd That's work dream. 60, 70 hours a week just so what? she can stay at home and, yeah, easy. I'm in the same yeah, you're, time. you're always available for podcasts. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> it, I, it's my time schedule. You get up at 3 a.m.? 
What time are you at work? Right now it's seven o'clock. <laughs> I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about oh, okay, when you your first okay. I'm just making sure. Just before I became top guy. Yeah. No, I'm talking about before that. I'm talking about when the kids were babies. Oh, okay. So I just did what I had to do. And then um, even now, you know, like um, some of you guys know, you know, she had her uh, issues a couple months back. Which actually, I'll give her credit. I'll give her a pop. Um, Monday will be six months clean, sober, oh, yeah. off everything. So um, she goes to her classes uh, four or five days a week. Um, I go to work every day, come home, I'll do dinner. She goes to work too. Um, but I'll come home, I'll do dinner, take care of the kids, and do what I have to do while she's at her class for those two hours. That's great, Mike. That's great news. Randy, uh, usually it's ladies first, but I, I apparently do everything ass backwards. What have you done for it? That's why you stay in trouble. What have you done for a significant other? I haven't really. I mean, I I only only had one significant other in my life. We were together for almost six years. We're also long distance, so I never really had to do anything because they're both wrestling fans. If anything, he had to make more sacrifices to do what I wanted to do. Hey now. Fair I remember you writing something not that long ago. I don't know how long ago it was that you you had a date or something. And he said something stupid about wrestling and you, you were done right then. Oh it was, my God. What yes. was that? So I met this person on a dating app. This is before I was with my boyfriend because I tried the dating app thing for a couple months before I, I, he was a friend of mine at the time and we just decided to give it a try. But he was like, yeah, I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid. I was like, oh, cool. So we, you want to come over? We can watch some old wrestling from that time. You know, that'd be fun. And literally every other move. Oh, that looks fake. That looks uh, fake. Oh, oh that's kind of cool. Oh, that looks fake. Like, seriously, you're sitting here killing my buzz, dude. And then yeah, I, he also wouldn't take no, no for an answer. Like we had been maybe talking for like three or four days, maybe five days, had like two dates. And he wanted to come over and sleep in my bed. Like, No. No, I nice try. No for an answer. Let him get his fake ass out of the house. If he gonna <laughs> I knew that was coming from Adam. He loves oh, it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, well, he did not last very long. Thank you for that, Brandy. I appreciate everybody participating in their embarrassing moments, but it seemed like everybody was just doing a lot for their significant other, which is uh, wonderful as well. I did. And, uh, I moved a woman into my mom's house. I guess I slept on that one. Yeah, that's what, what that would probably be the yeah. But hey, you know we're not going to talk about that because it's hey, same mom. Yes, well, this is, uh, did you live there too? Or did you live by yeah, yourself? correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a good one. <clears throat> yeah, I broke a bathroom sink for one. All right, <laughs> <in there>. <laughs> <laughs> we know this one. <laughs> Unless you got a band camp kind of story, we're moving on. I think it's match two time. Uh, what do you yeah, say? Well, actually, <laughs> I do. I do have one more story. I did embarrass this person oh, Lord. who was my boyfriend for almost six years because we had a Zoom with Tony Schiavone and Cody Rhodes crashed our Zoom. And I asked for relationship advice because I had just broken up with this person. And when the clip went viral on Twitter, he was not happy with how he was portrayed. Uh, do you see what just happened here? We're yeah, talking about we're supposed to be doing good for the other one. And you just turned it around. <laughs> you just turned it around and talking about how you embarrassed him. But you know what? That's how these things go sometimes, isn't it? 
I was on that Zoom. Brandy love- lit up like a he Christmas. He was. He tried to talk to Cody, and it was my turn, damn it. <laughs> that is true. I remember that. Oh, love. Anyway. love. Love is a battlefield, as they say. And there's also a battlefield going on outside of my apartment that uh, hopefully you, know, you can't hear the windows rattle every now and again. But enough about all that. It's time to get into match number two, which is Beth Phoenix versus Melina in an I Quit match from One Night Stand 2008. Took place uh, June 1st of said year of 2008 from the San Diego Sports Arena in san diego california which i believe does that building may be renamed or not exist anymore i'm not sure but it was the fourth annual and final of the uh, one night stand pay-per-views the attendance was 9,961, a buy rate of supposedly 194,000. match length was a little over nine minutes and uh for those keeping score uh mr meltzer Gave this one two and a quarter star. But uh, that's enough of that little buildup. Uh, I believe it's, it's called Adam. the it's called the Pachango Casino Arena now. Ah. And a little known fact: I'll bring a little basketball in. The L.A. Clippers were originally the San Diego Clippers, and they played and opened the San Diego Sports Arena. Great. Nice. I like that. So, who was doing the opening for the show? <laughs> I believe uh, it says... Adam, uh, that's right. You're all excited about Beth Phoenix. <laughs> that's right. Just because I'd love to see her, like, in today's wrestling, because she'd probably beat everybody. But... Because mm-hmm. she's, she's probably like... Yeah, anyway. You know, she should have taken Bob Holly's idea. How about you give me the belt, not beat everybody? <laughs> she could have done it, too. Mm-hmm. So the build-up to this one wasn't wasn't a whole lot to it. It only went back as far as maybe the pay-per-view beforehand. I mean, because they were actually tag team partners before Judgment Day, which was before One Night Stand. So basically, like I said, it started around Judgment Day. They were in a triple threat match with Mickey James. It was Melina, Beth Phoenix, Mickey James, triple threat. Mickey James was the champion. And I think Mickey won with a DDT to retain her women's championship. Um, I'm not sure who it was that actually initiated the I Quit match, but since this was an ECW one-night stand, um, what, what was it like? It wasn't Elimination Chamber. It was uh, No Holds Barred or something. I can't remember the exact name of the pay-per-view. One-night stand, Extreme Rules. One-night stand. Extreme Rules, that's it. Extreme Rules, that's right, that's right. But like I said, they were a tag team, but we know how much WWE just loves breaking up tag teams. We know how much they love it. So uh, other than that, they just had an I quit match, and this is actually the first one they ever had. So not much of a build-up, honestly. That's fine. It's fine. It's more than what I expected. But um, I, I will say this. It was – what did you think of her outfit, Coach? What did you think of the what, what Beth Phoenix was wearing? Oh, to me, Beth Phoenix wasn't even in the match. Melina, all the way live. I mean, I, I was focused on Melina. Uh, I thought she was a tremendous wrestler. I never really got into Beth Phoenix because I didn't like her facial reaction. She always looked angry. I know that's kind of petty, 
but she just never seemed happy in the ring. She never, I mean, I, I, I just never got into her that well, but Melina, she was good. And I, I, there was a lot of rest holds in this match. I know that that's kind of a taboo word nowadays, but it wasn't as good as the first match because they kept trying, uh, you know, tap out move after tap out move after tap out move. So the match moved a little bit slower than the first one, but um, overall, I mean, the way they put out Molina, she fought till the very end. That looked like a very painful hold at the end. And uh, she did, uh, she did tap, but, Melina had a great career, uh, good friends with John Morrison, good friends with Mike Knox, um, you know, and had a great career. Still working with the NWA. Didn't she just have a fight recently? Uh, a couple months ago, she faced Camille for the NWA women's title, and she lost. Camille's in uh, just over a year champion now. I think Camille is in no, in no danger of losing that championship. No, she's a brick house. Yeah. She Not until crazy. she faces Jade Cargill. She's hard ass. Well, uh, well if, if they're in the same organization, I guess. But Forbidden Door Part Two. <laughs> Correct. We did. We all enjoyed the pay per view. So um, go ahead, James. Say shout out. But uh... <laughs> shout out to uh, I don't know who. Moxley shout won the Tony title. Shout out to the uh, NJPW guy. Shout out to that. So before this match, they did show. I don't know his a name previous or... match that took place <laughs> at Judgment Day. <laughs> now, I just find the that faction? funny. Exactly. <laughs> and who is in it? <laughs> Edge, who's married to? Beth Phoenix. Yeah, Beth oh, Phoenix. So I think that the whole thing came from just right here. <laughs> Devin, you're a pig just like me. What'd you think of Melina's entrance? I uh, Honestly, <laughs> I was thinking about this. When I was younger, I did not understand it at all. But now that I'm fully grown, I completely understand the appeal. I was like, I know half half the girls in my school when I was younger could do the split. I don't get why it's so cool that she can, but I totally understand it now. And I don't know if you saw in the entrance, they did that whole paparazzi thing. The photographer fell on his ass. Yep. And Melina starts laughing at him and tries to help him up. JR says, we can get him some medical attention. It's okay. Yeah. Then they show the replay of that, which I thought was like a little much, you know. We're focusing on a women's match. And it's like, hey, you know, here's a comedy spot. You know, play Benny Hill in the background while we show this replay. <laughs> Benny <laughs> Hill. Yeah. He laughed at him and then tried to help him up afterwards. Devin, do you know who Benny Hill is? <laughs> no idea. You've Way never heard God. of Benny Hill. It is Hank Hill's cousin. Yeah, Hank Hill's The English cousin. one. The English one. That's like that. Yo. Wait, 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 wait. Honestly, dude, you shouldn't know who Benny Hill is either, James. Oh, I've seen a lot of ridiculous ass stuff about, you know. Don't you like we're even too young for Benny Hill, really? Yeah. Uh, you ever heard of Monty Python, Devin? Yeah, we had to watch that in like tenth grade English I think class. You had to watch it Which for one? educational purposes. Which one? Uh, it was some watch? comedian one. They were all like, night got all his limbs chopped off. I remember that. Oh, spot. Yeah, Holy yeah. Grail! Holy Grail! Yeah. That's a flesh wound. You got to watch that in English. How badass! Yeah, that's. Awesome. <laughs> I had to watch Macbeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, Macbeth, uh, the, the Scottish play. Yeah, and we do we, like we, we do like Scottish, as you know from Mike the sure does. <laughs> did y'all do the Outsiders? We had to do the Outsiders. I did the Outsiders. 
that was a different English class. That same English class, we had to cover um the Wall, Pink Floyd's album. That was what really. What the fuck? How did I you school? In one <laughs> English class, we did the Hero's Journey, and we got to watch Star Wars. Jeez, that's bullshit, cool. dude. This is all bullshit right now. We, we did right. Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I did a Kill a Mockingbird. Am I going to kill a Mockingbird? Atticus Finch. Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch is top notch. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. Black and white, good stuff. We didn't Great. get to watch the movie. You know what, Brad? It is black and white. You're absolutely correct on that. Another black and white one we watched in English class was The Grapes of Wrath with James Dean. Oh, yeah. Another great black and white movie, Clerks. If any of you <laughs> Clerks 3 trailer <laughs> should be debuting about the time the series. Hopefully it has debuted. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, not well, Let's get that. back to this match, for the love of God. Uh, <laughs> Adam, I wanted to ask you about the beginning of this match where Molina has Phoenix in the, the guillotine. Guillotine, yeah. Yeah. Now there's two things that happen here. She gets her in that pretty good hold there, and and Beth Phoenix is really selling the shit out of it. What did you think of that? Oh, Beth Phoenix does the awesome in this as far as the as far as getting in a couple of holds because I you know there's not there's actually not a rope break in a no DQ match. It was great to see that. So there was one where Molina puts her in uh, you know, she ties her legs up and pulls her head back. And, and Beth Phoenix actually drags her halfway across the ring and drops her out of the ring to break the hold. Just, just some of the stuff Beth Phoenix does as far as strength-wise is amazing. Uh, I think you were going to talk about the what we saw before this, how she picked up two of the women at the same time and was holding them in that, uh, in that back breaker she does. So oh, the glam slam? Yeah, the, I think so. Because no, I remember she did the, the glam slam with two. Well, she she was just holding them up this time like a backbreaker. But, uh, yeah, her starting the match off with the guillotine was good. Um, it was just good to see them doing submissions for an I quit match other than trying to hit them with pans and hold them down with, uh, you know, like ropes or handcuffs or something like that. It was actually a good match. There's the a lot of submission moves in this match. Also, and James, I wanted to know what did you think of the crowd reaction? Did you think that they were bored or engaged? I thought they were. Um, well, I do want to mention uh, when when they do that uh, backbreaker thing, and then she holds her. It's like pretty much at the beginning of the match, and uh, who is it? Beth is holding her uh, like over her knee. Uh, I liked how Jr. and the King just dipped out of commentary for like forty-five straight feet, uh, seconds. You can just hear Beth like. Say I quit. Say I quit. And there was literally no commentary for a good like forty-five straight seconds, which I thought was pretty interesting to do. No, I liked it obviously, but you know you don't really see that much anymore. They'd be just narrating over that. And but I, I you know, I didn't. Uh, the crowd's not. Uh, they're coming around. I'll say that much. Like how I mentioned in the last match, it's kind of like the bathroom break type style. On this one, since women's matches are kind of taken more seriously. Like, the crowds are kind of coming around, and there's a little more storyline now. So they, they're getting into it more, I would say. It's not to the level that it should be or obviously turns into. But you can definitely tell, like, okay, like, this can actually sell tickets, too. It's not just a bathroom break. Agreed. Agreed. Mike, I wanted to ask you. Now, 
to me, I, I, I want to hear what you say. I'm not going to tell you what I think, but did the ring seem louder? Was Did you hear more of what was going on inside the ring than normal? No, not really. But I wasn't really paying attention to the ring. Noise. You didn't think it was mic'd up? Devin, did you think it was mic'd up? Yeah, just some of, on their, uh, some of their bigger power moves, you could hear like an echo in or something. But you can hear that when you're in the actual arena as well. That way you can go say I quit too during a submission hold. So yeah, but you didn't hear her say I quit. But usually they would take the microphone and just stick it in their face and say, "What do you say?" But here they didn't do that. They just had the extra microphones around the ring, and you can hear the referee saying, "What do you say? What do you say?" And you know they'd say, "No, no." I'm watching it right now until she does this move here, like a surfboard, and just yanks the oh god. Was that specific to an I Quit match, or was that something that was added to the Attitude or the uh, ruthless, ruthless Aggression era to give it more of a, an angry or maybe a louder flavor? Brandy, what do you think? I think it was to add extra, because I do notice that throughout this era, now, sidebar, and this might fishtail another conversation, but I was kind of out of wrestling post- Post this because I graduated high school and I moved in with a religious cult for about six seven months. But they, and when I came back to wrestling in like 2009, you could definitely tell that they were using a lot of noise uh, to enhance the sound of the ring. And of course, you could always hear John Cena clear as a bell with his calls in the ring because it was so mic'd up. You couldn't see him, but you could hear him. You couldn't see him, but you could hear him. So when you I said- particularly don't enjoy that they use this stipulation for this match because there was no reason to have it be an I quit match. You didn't build a story that made an I quit match necessary. When you have an I quit match, it should be because you guys hate each other to the point that you aren't going to stop until you physically pass out or have to say I quit. So if they had actually put some work into the story, this could have worked. But otherwise, just make it a submission match, and then she can just tap out, and you don't have to worry about saying, I quit. Coach, do you think it's contradictory that we're having a ruthless aggression I quit match, and JR and the King are calling them divas? Yeah, I thought about that, and then I thought about what you guys were talking about, the the applause from the, the crowd. I think in that first match in 2002, it was a dead silence when the when the uh, title switched hands because they weren't used to that style of wrestling. They were used to the puppies. They were used to all that kind of stuff. And now we're looking at six years later, they've really conditioned the fans. And uh, I think that was a slip up. You know, you got two guys that uh, might have been chauvinistic might have uh, come from a different generation and they just took a step back. But I think you can tell the progress that uh, the women have made in this six year time period. Yeah. The commentary focuses a lot on the moves and not a lot of the uh, bullshit juvenile stuff that we uh, covered last match. There's no doubt Beth is beautiful, but is she a different kind of beautiful? Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely a different, different type of beautiful, but. I mean, I, was, I wasn't attracted to her, but I, I was like Coach, you know, her facial things. So I never really got into her. You know, it was, um, I feel like, I, and I feel the same way about like Bobby Lashley now, like just the way he expresses his face and stuff like that. And if I can't get into it, then 
I'm not paying too much attention. Beth Phoenix dominates the end of this match to a point where it actually looked like it hurt. Now, was this too much for Ruthless Aggression, or is this exactly what it was looking for, Devin? This is exactly what they're talking about, what Vince McMahon wanted. You know, uh, Beth Phoenix is kind of that perfect wrestler. Um, I think she's very aggressive in the ring, and she's uh, she's able to take it like past certain stunts that other divas in the past couldn't have. I really think Beth Phoenix was made for, uh, you know, this ruthless aggression era. Where's she from, by the way? Canada. Come on, Devin. Uh, Beth Phoenix is from? Oh, she's from Buffalo, New Look York. You're the one that wrote this shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at your freaking piece of shit paper here. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And who else is from Buffalo? Our buddy, RJ. Well, yeah, he's, from Rochester. Rochester, but... he's from Rochester. Well, he likes Buffalo and they suck. Yeah. yeah. They're actually pretty good right <laughs> Absolutely. What about Melina's facial me. expressions? Yeah. Melina, she had good facial expressions in this. Definitely. The best. So, Especially that last move. I, I've already given it away that, uh, that she wins. I want to talk about what happened right after the match. And I don't know if you guys kept the TV on or not. We have John Cena in the back. And John Cena says. With Mickey James. With me. Yeah. Well, not yet at first, but he says it twice. So I have to bring it up. Girl on girl submission. I'm good. And then Mickey comes in and starts talking about the rear naked choke with him. So I guess the point that we're making here is that even though we were in the Ruthless Aggression era, they quite weren't all, even though this is 08. There was still a lot of that left from the Attitude Era that was still going on. But left the funny cool. part out, though. It was well, all right. Go ahead, Adam. Sorry. The Adam. guy comes in out of the bathroom, and yeah, yeah. they're choking to death because he just blew it up. Yeah, that was gross. Talk about like contradict contradicting the whole thing. Like here you have this guy shitting himself, and then you have them <laughs> talking about having like a sex a sexcapade. Uh, and then he invited them out. I mean, some people are into that, right? <laughs> some are, I guess. <laughs> we have some questions from this match, and I know none of you have it out, right? Correct. Have what out? I think Brandy does. <laughs> Adam. Question. <laughs> so, quickly, I'm going to say Beth versus Melina. To the point, there had not been many women's. I quit. This is from Brian Haremza, by the way. Big fan. Uh, Shout out of us, but. He said, Beth versus Molina. To this point, there had not been many women's I quit matches. Were you surprised to see women getting this match stipulation at this time in WWE? Anyone? Well, it's like Brandy said, it, uh, an I quit stipulation is something you do after they done had two or three matches. You know, maybe a regular match, maybe a false count anywhere match, maybe submissions, disqual you know, no DQ match. An I quit match is something you do when nothing else has worked. So you gotta and you gotta remember this was at ECW one night stand oh eight. So it fit the gimmick of the show. But it just right. it, they just didn't give them time to build it up because they were just tag partners two months before this. I understand what you're saying, Adam, but Coach makes a good point. This is an ECW, even though it wasn't the real ECW. This is an ECW <laughs> paper used to be extreme. And at the same time, it is ruthless aggression. 
but like you said, does it have to be? Probably not. I think it was and, just one of those, you know, you know how Vince McMahon likes to do the first time. We want to be the dude for the first time ever. He's real big into that. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, like last week, the first time evening guy match. Brandy, did you have something? Yeah, I just wanted to note that by this point in time, Shimmer had already had several I quit matches. They had had several two out of three falls matches where they had rivalries that were built up to the point where they needed an I quit match. Okay. Fair Are enough. you telling me there's other wrestling besides WWE? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, WWE weren't even the first ones to do an all-women's pay-per-view. Impact Wrestling did it first back in 2014. Or was it 2013? 2013. And they did it for four years. It was called the Knockout Knockdown. You know what's funny is you're saying that, and we're calling this Ruthless Aggression because WWE named it Ruthless Aggression. But there, I, I tried to talk about the TNA a little bit, too. Because there is other a lot of and you're and I you know you're on here to talk about also the Shimmer and Pro Wrestling Eve, uh, Japanese wrestling or Ring of Honor. Oh wow! They didn't they did not call it Ruth's aggression even though that was what the era is. WWE named the era. Now as far as the Attitude Era, I think Eric Bischoff kind of takes some credit for the Attitude Era as well. But when it comes to Ruth's aggression, that's a WWE creation. Don't you agree, Brandy? Okay, well I, that's good. Uh, anybody else have anything on this match before we move forward? Nope. I think we're uh, good. I will oh, say that no. uh, that ending submission looked very, very painful. <laughs> like a uh, almost contortionist style uh, backbending. Yeah. I like how the, how the arms didn't work. So she sat her down, grabbed her neck, and then just yanked back even further. Yeah. That was pretty neat. You know what it kind of reminded me of is when someone has a submission and then they go down to the ground with it. And to the point where, like, you know it's going to end. So, very good, very good match. I, I I do like Beth Phoenix too, and I like Melina. She would see they both did a great job. Guess what time it is? Uh oh. Not F M K, and we have a female with us. And dad, dad at home. We talked to Brandy ahead of time about the cursing, about the F M Ks. She's good. Not trying to disrespect the lady here. Glad now, you gave that warning about like an hour and a half in this. <laughs> I know, but now, now that we're here, I don't know. I feel like this is next level. However, Brandy, you, we have a problem. The problem is, is you don't know this movie, okay? And I texted you and Devin texted you because I didn't want to tell you without telling you. So this is Ruthless Aggression Era. And a movie that was out during the Ruthless Aggression Era was The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Now... I'm going to give you a break on this and I'm going to let you do some Googling, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you a break on this and we're going to talk about it and you're going to Google and you're going to, you're going to know all the actors at the very least, but I really want you to FMK the characters because that's what this is all about. It's the characters, not the actors. So guys, all right. FMK, fuck, Mary kill. The 40 year old virgin characters. Now, I'm not going to make this easy. You know I'm not going to make it easy. And I, I, I have some crossing out and some writing in. So this is what we're going to go with. I'm Nick, Mary Jane Lynch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> she ain't on there. <laughs> and guess what? I had her daughter on there, too. But then I started thinking, you know what? It's probably not a good idea. Even though she was 19 at the time, she was playing a character of 16 years old. So if we're actually going with the character... That makes this a little illegal. So we're going to go ahead and cut that shit right out. 
Cut so it out. Kill. We're going to go with Nikki. Now, Nikki is a drunk woman who Andy gets a ride home with. She is drunk. So she has him blow into, she has him blow into the breathalyzer because he hasn't been drinking. And he, he blows it clean on the way home. She's bitching and moaning. She says, French toast. And she blows chunks all over him. She gives him a kiss. He says, she said, that tasted good. And he goes, that tasted like shellfish. <laughs> However, this is played by the actress, Leslie Mann. But you can't take that into consideration. Oh, can you? Next, we have Beth. Beth is the girl at the bookstore that when she comes and sees him, he just repeats everything she says. So what are you doing? So what are you doing? And back and forth, back and forth. And at the end, she is in the bathtub and is satisfying herself with whatever that thing is in the tub. Showerhead. All right. Well, you know, Adam, because you do it every night. <laughs> I'm not telling you anything else, Brad. Yeah, because I, yeah, exactly. And that is, but that actress is, that actress is Elizabeth Banks. But that doesn't matter either. Okay. Ventures in babysitting. Very good. So finally, we have when they were all speed dating. So they all went into this big, I don't know. I don't even know where they were. It was a big room. And they would have three-minute dates with everybody or 30-second dates. I don't remember exactly what it was. But at one point, the speed dating girl had her boob out. And that speed dating girl, who does not have a name in the movie, is actually Kimberly Page, Nitro Girl Kimberly Page. I didn't want to put her on there because, you know, it's a wrestling podcast, right? But I, I couldn't put the 16-year-old on either. And I didn't I want to put Grandma on her. because you'd all kill Grandma. And I know you guys would kill Grandma. So... That's Jane Lynch in that movie? What? Jane Lynch in that movie? Compared to these three? Well, I'm just saying, but the character, you're talking about character. She was bowdy bowdy. <laughs> you're talking about the woman that, that was the manager. Yeah, uh, the manager lady. Yeah. Everybody? Yeah, she was DTF. She was bowdy bowdy. <laughs> I still think you guys were all killing her, and I think it would have been easy. So, I the easiest fuck of all time she wanted to. So, Devin, we always <laughs> have to start with the young buck. The apple in my uh, eye. <laughs> what do you uh, got, I think this is actually kind of not going to be too hard. Dude. Nikki, she's a... That's what she said, James, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> Nikki's the wild one, clearly. She uh, she liked to party. and She liked to blow chunks. Let's just uh, give her a couple drinks Don't less. Don't talk about me like that. We'll have a good night. <laughs> so uh, Nikki's the one I'm fucking. Um... I can't marry uh or I I gotta kill Beth because she was super annoying, honestly. Just repeating everything you said. And then um yeah, that means that I'm marrying uh Kimberly Page. What the fuck is that bullshit? She said eight <laughs> words in the damn thing and had her bull boob out. It's Kimberly Page. Yeah, see that's what it's not supposed to be, Kimberly Page. It's supposed to be an insecure woman at freaking dating area. I'm a mark. I'm gonna look at her and I'm gonna go. Oh, hey, that's Page. <laughs> oh boy. Coach hasn't blinked in a while. Coach, what do you got? Well, uh, <laughs> the girl I'm gonna uh, pleasure for one uh -huh. night is the drunk because she won't remember and she won't tell my wife. So that's number one. <laughs> strategy. Um, that's smart strategy. <laughs> thank you. Uh, number two. I'm going to marry uh, the bookstore girl 
because if she's willing to pleasure herself in the bathtub, she's willing to pleasure me in a lot of different ways. And I want that for a long time. And uh, Kimberly Page, I don't like insecure women. Uh, Brandy's not insecure. She's very confident in herself. She's a strong, strong female. And uh, I don't want someone uh, that's insecure. I want someone that's strong, that's going to stand up for what they believe in and who they are. So uh, unfortunately, I got to let you go uh, via the death route. I wish I could <laughs> leave you at a bus stop, but uh, you got to go. Hey, rules are rules. Rules are yeah, rules. Really, is anybody else picturing Coach and the shower head <laughs> together now? Uh, well, now that's, actually, that's actually the bidet. Because if you get into <laughs> good morning uh, and you get that bidet going for a good one or two minutes, you're good the rest of the day. You've been hanging out with Conrad way too much. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, I'm going to go to you, but I want you to do us a favor. Make sure you look in the air and think this through. Go ahead, Mike. Like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, actually, I got this figured out. Um, I'm going to kill the Kimberly Page character. Um, just because it's, yeah, I don't know why. I'm just going to kill her. The, the drunk, I'm just going to fuck her and right. be done with her because if she has a breath detector thing on her car, that bitch got fines. I ain't paying no fines. And <laughs> then I'll marry the book lady. Because she works in a bookstore, so she might be kind of smart. She has a job. She's good. But also, the girl that's an uh, alcoholic, if she's good at blowing into that straw, she might be good at blowing other things. We didn't yeah. see her blow anything. And she's out partying like that. She's doing more than one. So, Boom. There you go. Brandy, <laughs> have you had enough time? I think so. Go ahead. I would fuck Kimberly Page because um, why not? And if you just are having sex with someone, you don't have to worry about their insecurities because it's one and done. Uh, I would marry the bookstore lady because not only is she intuitive and ingenuitive in using, using what is around you when you need it, uh, she also runs a bookstore. So I will always be happy with a bookstore. And I'm going to kill the drunk lady because if you have a breathalyzer thing in your car, I don't want you being able to do that to somebody else. Well done. Thank you so much for that. Adam? I agree with Brandy. You, uh, you kill the drunk lady because I don't drink. I'm not big into drinkers. Um, I'd F Kimberly Page because even though she's insecure, I would help her get secure because that's the kind of guy I am. I'd help her feel secure. And then I would marry the uh, the other lady, the the crazy one. Her name is Beth. Yeah. Okay, can we? Beth, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. Yes, for sure. I'd marry her because it's Elizabeth Banks. All right, but that's not the good reason because it's supposed to be in character. Oh, okay, I'll, we're doing I'll, character. I'll take it. I'll take it. No, okay, I got you. She since she's a character, she's not. You know, she's not bashful. She's spontaneous. She's fun. Down for whatever, wherever. Let's get it. Nice. James? All righty. Uh, well, after uh, a lot of deliberation, I have a... Uh, I'm obviously fucking the drunk girl with the breathalyzer because uh, I'm not saying I know what it's like to blow in a breathalyzer every day, but a guy that's had two DUIs kind of does have a lot of experience with that thing, and it's a pain in the fucking ass, so we can't have both of us having those on our vehicles because then none of us can drive anywhere. You know, we got jobs and stuff, so definitely... You know, can't be with her. So that is a one and done sale and bail opportunity for sure, especially after a night out. 
Um, I would say uh, I got to kill the speed dating uh, one. And I know that that is I'm separating a human from a you know, character here. But that would have to be uh, the one that has to uh, get the chopping block. And uh, I'm going with the bookstore girl because a guy like me, you know, probably needs a woman that goes to libraries all the time and like, you know, tries to, you know, intellectually better themselves, even though uh, a little crazy on the other side. And a freak of the sheets type of thing. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know what the bad side is on this. So I guess that's going to be my, uh, you know, uh, my FMK on that. All right, so we're going to go with what I say now. I, I am definitely killing the drunk girl, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm not into shellfish at all. Just that whole throwing up all over you and you smell like shellfish, I'm out. And I, and I agree with what Andy did there. He just said, you know what, I'm good. I'm a virgin. I, I, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, mine's probably growing back, but I, I'm, he's a virgin. <laughs> and, she, she threw up all over, Mrs. I'm still sleeping with you if you want to. Yeah, and he didn't do it, and I'm not doing it either, so. Death. Don't now, knock it till you try it. Exactly. Live a little, man. It's called. I'm prom. probably sure I did try <laughs> what it for my here? life. All right, I probably did try. It. Anyway, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna just fuck Kimberly Page, uh, whatever character that was, because exactly, I, I agree with what the way Brandy said on that. That who cares if she's insecure or not? We're just gonna have a good time for a night and we'll move on. She's there at that dating app. She has no bra on. She's up. She's up to no good. And finally, I am gonna marry the Beth Elizabeth Banks character because I think. Even though she may have been trouble in her life and had a good time and maybe been around a little bit, I think she will be true to you. I think she'll do anything you want. I think she will uh, get a little freaky with you. I'm in. I'm in with Beth. Amen. And I would have got in that tub with her too. I mean, he left. I'm in. He went to grandma. I'm going. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that tub. Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah this guy took over. I'm in. What a so none of us said it correctly. We, uh, we should have said it. Me and Kimberly Page are gonna bang. How long have you been wanting to say that? I'd walk out of there and be like, "Self high five." Devin's been hanging on to that for about five minutes. Yeah, boy. So let's talk about the gentleman, shall we? Shit. And none of you, and none of you are getting Andy. All right, no virgin for any of you. Okay, because I already know the answer. So wait a right. minute. Out. Take, take Andy Kimberly out. Page, take Kimberly Page out and put that chick Gina or Gina. Put her in there instead of Kimberly Page. I'm killing her. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bang. Uh, what's her name now? It's oh Gina. No Gina. Hey, I just got Gina. What's up? I love that line. <laughs> So the gentleman, we have David, who is played by Paul Rudd in the in the movie. Now David is hung up on his ex girlfriend, girl from the office, and is kind of a you know he's through the whole thing. He, he's really hung up on her. Nice guy though. We have Cal, played by Seth Rogen, who at one point in the movie, at the very beginning, says, you know, sometimes it's just a woman fucking a horse. And then we have Jay, who's played by Romani Malco who <laughs> he's kind of a player. He's with a woman. He's having a baby. African-American gentleman, handsome as hell. Still looks the same today, by the way. Anyway. You didn't say that about Paul Rudd. The motherfucker has an age in like 35 years. Ant-Man doesn't look the same today. You think Ant-Man looks the same today? Yeah, Ant-Man's Paul Rudd, if anybody at home doesn't know that. Where are you at, James? Have you seen Clueless? I can't see you. 
Well, because you you're clueless on that type of talk. <laughs> uh, give me the three names again. Clueless was before this movie. That's what I'm saying. Motherfucker hasn't aged since. He looks pretty old in Ant Man. Okay, uh, I, don't, I haven't watched. What's your name, Brad? Tell me the names again. David is played by Paul Rudd. Cal is played by Seth Rogen. And Jay is played by Romani Malco. You may know him from um, the, the billion little, a million little things right now that you're watching with your uh, lady friend. He's also on the TV show Weeds. Yeah, Weeds was good. Weeds, yeah, definitely. Weeds is good. Oh, he was yeah. on so there. Go ahead, Devin. I want to know who James, your fuck is. James your is the last guy's name. For the love of God, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's reading a book. She's on chapter three. With the way I'm uh, so Dave, his is it's a funny that? movie. Damn it, we all should know who they are. I'm giving Brandy time, but get the hell with the rest of you. I had texted you guys two days ago. Dave. All right, this is easy. I got yeah. this. So I'm marrying Cal. He's too similar to my life. We're, you know, we're out there. We're uh. You know, we're we're just too similar. I'm marrying Cal. We'll get along way too easily. Um, and then I, I'm fucking Jay because he seems to already know what it's, what it's like in the bed. Uh, I feel like he's got a lot of experience there, so he'll he'll treat me right. And then that just leaves David, and he's heartbroken anyways. So uh, I'm just gonna have to let him go. And David will be upset. Mike, yeah. go ahead, dude. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm going to kill Jay because he's a player. I don't want none of that shit coming up on me. It ain't no telling what shit he got. Um, uh, Cal, I'll go ahead and fuck him. He's, you know, it looks like he can have a good time, you know, so I'll go ahead and just fuck him. And David, I feel bad for him. He is like, like Devin said, he's heartbroken and everything else. I can, I'll just bring him right back to life. So you're going to marry him because you feel bad for him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, needs somebody, he needs somebody to treat him right. That's a like, great way to start a divorce. No. <laughs> good, good answers, Mike. Coach. I wish I knew women that thought that way. Like, you know what? <laughs> you got I'm your Pam Beasley. Well, you guys know I analyze uh, all my F. Mary kills because it's very important for me to give accurate, correct answers. Number one, Cal. That's my daughter's uh, boyfriend. I don't know what the hell you call it but fuck him you're dead anybody <laughs> named Cal, you're done. i don't even care if you're the fucking pope you're done you're dating my daughter done uh paul rudd i don't know what character his uh well, what's his character well he's uh david he's really broken up david. he's in love very yeah. friendly, though. very nice that's the Char- guy i want to Char- marry Char- paul rudd makes me laugh he's got kind of a dry sense of humor um I don't know if that would carry on to his real life persona, but I'm going to go with it. And uh, you said the other guy was a gigolo. Well, if he's a gigolo, he knows how to get down. So uh, for an hour or two, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll experience him. <laughs> I like it. You better chip a racket. I'm a juggalo. <laughs> I'll experience Not it. a juggalo. I hate the insane clown posse. But... I know, but I... I whoop, I whoop! Oh, believe me, if any of my Oklahoma, if my Oklahomies watch this, I rip on the strange music, techno and jugglers. I rip on them all the time. All shout, the time. Shout out to the oddities. Yeah, shout out. Hey, they actually had a good theme song, though. That's that really one of the two good. ICP songs I like. 
I like I'm this. An it is an oddity. Randy, have you had enough time to know who you know who these guys are anyway? I think so. I am going to marry Cal because I think he would be the easiest to get along with and the easiest to live with. That would probably do good at making me feel better about myself. Uh, I would fuck David because uh, maybe a good lay will make him feel better. But on the other hand, if he's going to be self-destructive and self-deprecating and like all that, that, that that's my lane. So that's like a public service. Go. You're doing a nice public service. My dude. Oh my gosh, she's doing a good job here. I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> and I'm going to kill Jay because I don't do sleeping around and lord knows what diseases he has as mike pointed out and i don't want any of that yeah hey i'm bringing my daughter in <laughs> cal i just said on the show tonight <laughs> cal i'm gonna kill him Stop. i love you baby <laughs> <laughs> oh. awkward huh <laughs> uh, it's cool coach thanks that's man. two special you. guests this episode Adam, uh, well, I would three like if you count the cat. Oh, yeah, it's true. Sapphire. Is your kid out of the room, coach? Yeah, please. Yeah, she is. Okay. Right. Jeez. I kicked her right out. <laughs> oh. She didn't even hear what was going on. I just texted Thank her. Thank God. So, uh, I'd He's marry Cal, nice kill David, and FJ. You know, it's not bad to fuck a player, right? I would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Show me we know he knows what he's doing. He might show me something. I doubt it. He might show me something. Right. And if he's like his baby, you know, you know he's hung because he says it right there. His baby got him. He's hung. My my girlfriend found your speed dating card. Tell her how that's your speed dating card. She found yours. Yeah, that's my speed dating card. Oh, you wrote ho for show. Yeah, ho for show. For show. That's me. Such a great movie. It is such a great movie. Brandy, I would I after we're done recording tonight, if you could go ahead and throw that on. It's only about an hour and forty minutes right before bed. What year uh, did that movie come out? Two thousand and five. That sounds about when Ed Prather mm, was. I was 30. in high school. <laughs> yeah. But it's also yeah. the worth of impression. Uh, we do know a forty year old virgin, don't we? Uh forty nine. Uh, I was trying to keep going. Bird. I was trying yeah. to keep going. <laughs> James? Well, you already previously stated that uh, you sent us this in that message thread. And honestly, uh, I convey with my other cohorts here that uh, you, when you mentioned that, I honestly thought you were talking about one of our fans. And I was like, oh, that's cool. A 40 year old version. Ha ha ha. I get it. Because, uh, you know. Anthony's yeah. married. Anthony's married. He has kids. <laughs> Not that one. But, uh, no comment. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't know that this was going to be the, the topic of the FMK. Moving forward, though, I would say, hmm. <laughs> you got to marry Cal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'll fuck David, and I guess Jay's out because of, you know, kind of everyone else's, uh, you know, opinion. Or no, I mean, y'all are all like, oh, he can hoe me out and show me things, but I'm not going to, you know, agree with that. I have a feeling that, uh, you know, he may give you something that won't wash off in the shower with a wire brush, I guess you could say. Well, after we went to Wild Bills, it seems like you're doing okay. 
Yeah, because I didn't do things <laughs> that would require said, uh, you know, stuff. I was taking, you know what I got? Never mind. That is a different episode for a different time. <laughs> this is a little difficult for me. I am going to go ahead and kill Jay, though, because there is just that moment, that salesman moment. And I hate salesmen. I don't know. If... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate salesmen because I hate being sold. And he jumps in front, like someone, uh, Andy's actually helping a customer. And he jumps in front of Andy and goes, Hi there. Can I help you? Get the fuck out of here. You're dead. All right. Uh, Cal, Seth Rogen. I don't know if we're compatible on a sexual level, but I'm going to fuck him once because I, I think I really need to be with David. I think me and him can complain together, watch, watch TV together. Watch This Is Us. Yeah, I think he would watch this. He might have been, he should have been on an episode, really. He would. he would be on an episode. I mean, he was in those old, it was in those movies with Jennifer Anderson back in the day. So, but, but that's, that, that, again, that's poor Rudd. That's not, that's not David. Right. However, yeah. however, yeah, I'm going to go ahead with David. I'm going to marry David. I'm going to fuck Cal. And I'm going to kill Jay because Jay's too much of a salesman. So, nice. I appreciate everybody participating. Brandy, thanks so much for uh, being a good sport. Because you know, you never of know how. Of course, and if any of y'all know one of those men that will marry you because they feel sorry for you, hook a girl up. <laughs> his name is Ed Prather, and oh, I have his number. Ah. To <laughs> Ed Prather is what we call a slump buster. That that that's a hard pass. Oh jeez, poor Ed. You know, him over that, much. that's staying in because I ain't going through the effort to He's take a slump that. Buster. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Th- you Our new t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Dug it with that one. So, James, I'm going to kick kick out Cruit back to you. Oh, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, pretty much, I uh, believe uh, Adam and Rosie, you know, haven't really uh, discussed their uh, little toppy topics. Uh, you know, I think Rosie will be uh, – what you got, Rosie? You got anything uh, golden? Well, I really enjoyed doing the uh, historical outlook on the years that we we dealt with last week. So this week, I asked Brad if I can do between uh, 2002 and 2010. So what I focused on, uh, because in today's world, uh, the internet is huge. And in 2005, man, we got two of the top five websites or apps, whatever you want to call it, still today in 2022, started in 2005. You guys want to take a guess on uh, any of the top five websites, apps in the in in the world today uh, that might have been created in 2005? Take a guess, fellas. And Amazon. Facebook. YouTube. YouTube. Correct. Listen to that young buck. February 14th, Valentine's oh. Day. 2005, YouTube launched, and look where we are today. Really? YouTube is That's is crazy. basically uh, a major network, and that all started 17 years ago. I mean, that's crazy to think of where we are now, that, uh, where we were then to where we are now. How about another guess? Apple. eBay. How about Reddit? Now, I don't understand Reddit, and I wanted to ask Devin about this because you're young, uh, or Brandy. What is this thing with Reddit and wrestling? I have never been on Reddit one time in my life. Don't even know what the website is. 
but it started in 2005. What is that website all about or that app? Okay, so Reddit is basically like an old school message board. It's separated by different categories and you go into the one that you want. Like for wrestling, the big subreddit or the small space that you go to is called uh, Squared Circle. So you go to Squared Circle to post about the different stuff going on in wrestling, share articles, talk about news, rumors, stuff like that. It's just a message board. Interesting. Now I want to double check this. Oh, well, I'm all about that. Uh, but I also w- wanted to double check one last thing because I think this is uh, also the case. Yes, it was. What television show? Probably one of the most popular sitcoms in the history of television started March 24th, 2005. Man. Oh, I met your mother. What is it? King of the Hill. It's always sunny. The Office, 2005. Ah, what the fuck is wrong with us, guys? <laughs> we never yeah. talked about, about Carell, the too. Freaking David's girlfriend was the Come He's on. talking about Steve Carell. Never uh, watched it. What the hell? Seriously. It's actually fun. I went it's... to the Office pop-up experience in Chicago with Mark Nelson and Michael Amend last year. It was a lot of fun because they had a lot of the set pieces and different props and you could recreate iconic moments from the show it's pretty cool and it's a funny show it's my hilarious. favorite line very, right now is unique. You... unique to the time very different you know that whole mockumentary yes. thing from back then was like you know you remember the, like, the movie's best in show uh i spy, spinal tap this show eliminated those movies <laughs> because they became just everyday tv great stuff yeah. coach but also yeah, yeah. So that's all I have. That's all uh, right. I, I kind of stole that from uh, Devin in his demographic. I wanted to bring a little bit of uh, social news and uh, the world has changed. Just think, 17 years ago, these things have popped up and they've made such a huge difference in where we are today in 2022. I know we're a wrestling show. I know we're a pop culture show. But uh, when it comes to Reddit, when it comes to YouTube, they cover everything. I bet you all of us go on YouTube at least once a day. Um, and I, I bet probably oh three quarters <laughs> of us have seen the entire Office series. So 2005 and, and, and even between that 2002 to 2010 sequence of years, that was a major change. I mean, we had the housing, uh, housing crash of 2008. There was a lot going on. We had President Obama getting uh, elected in 2008. I mean, this was a, a, a dramatic time of change in our country and our world and in professional wrestling. Not only did the ladies get respect during this time, but a lot of things changed worldwide to make today a better place. Very true. I bet Devin says on YouTube watching Sammy Guevara videos. Oh, uh, yeah. With the Watches vlog every Tuesday. Me too. I watch if you're gonna watch a vlog, at least watch a quality vlog and watch Ethan Page's vlogs. I watched they don't have it anymore, it got canceled. He took it off. He still watches the toy toy videos, though. Yeah, I I like those those pop up in my feed. Yeah, that and the elite, the the elite. 
I like telling you for a second. Get out of here. Yeah, Kip Sabian got a lot of love on Sammy's uh, vlog this week. When, when Kip Sabian comes back, you watch out. He is primed for a big push. I, so I don't underrated. see that happening at all. Underrated. <laughs> I hope you're right. Me too. When, if he, when he comes back, if he gets a big push, I have two friends of mine that are just going to lose their ever-loving minds. See me, my girl in Finland, and of course, my Becky in upstate New York. They love Kip Sabian. Upstate New York. Too. I love Penelope. Nice. You can have her. I, all right. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Thanks for that, Rosie. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, Adam, there any uh, topic this week you want to discuss? Uh, just a couple of quick shout outs to some folks that show us love on, tw- on Twitter. Um, just a small list. Um, I want to holler at RJ and JD ringside rant. Uh, Reffing it up with Brian Hebner and RJ. Uh, Ted Hill, the Hillbilly Hill, and the Hill Truth. Mike Freeland and the Daily Wrestling News Podcast. Mike Thunder and the Mike World Order. The Apron Bump Podcast, Dirty Hills Podcast, Too Sweet Podcast, the uh, Heat Wrestling Podcast, Wrestling with the, with the MMA Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast, um, Augusto All Elite Podcast with uh, Richie Augusto. If I butchered your name, brother, I'm sorry. The Union Smack Podcast, 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and of course, Top Guy Theater. And um, can't forget about Brian Haremza, Ed Prather, James Sorensen, Zoe Lopez, Big Money Mike, Anthony Pyrus. Which um one of Brad's good friends. Um, <laughs> Beat the shit out of me last week. <laughs> did. Did you ever follow charges? You know what? I, I'm a man's man. Another you court case. You? If you need a lawyer, <laughs> let me know. Um, Dave McClay, <laughs> Ryan Lennox, Sean Jones, my buddy Cabana Man Dan, Frank Bruno, Michael Amin. Uh, shout out to Pops Randy Elkari. Yeah. Um, can't forget about Devin's grandmother. <laughs> love her hey, grandma and then uh <clears throat> last but not least rico rosenbaum aka ethan the teenage love you nova and just thank you guys for all the support everything y'all do on twitter for us it means a lot and without you guys we probably wouldn't be near where we are now so thank you everybody and if i forgot you forgot your name i apologize hit me up i will make I keep sure listening it. please yeah, keep <laughs> listening and retweet us that we did miss you, and then we will not miss yeah. you <laughs> because no of that. problem. So you know, DM me personally if you want. To. I can't even keep up with my notes on this, let alone all these names. But I appreciate oh. it too. Thank you for that, Adam, so much. Yeah. You know what else is uh you know uh outstanding and uh you know quite a you know a little fanfare. Well, look no further than Mickey James versus Tara. In a steel cage match. Now, from what I think, which this may be wrong, and Lord knows our fans will let us know, I think this was taped on December 6th, but it aired December 9th of 2010. From the Impact Zone in Orlando, uh, Florida, the match length was a little over uh, 11 minutes. Great stuff here, honestly. I do know the capacity is cited as 1,400 for the Impact Zone. Who knows with standing areas and like, you know, special 
special main event type stuff. They may have crammed a little more people in there, but uh, match is really good and, you know, one of my favorites. But, uh, hey, Devin, you know, take it away. All right. So, Tara, who uh, was formerly known in WWE as Victoria, um, she was kind of running roughshod with Madison Rain in TNA. And then in 2010, Mickey James joined the Federation. Um, Mickey was immediately jumped by Tara, and Tara started blaming Mickey for being the reason that she was let go from WWE, pretty much. Um, their feud kind of started out just based off that. They had a couple scraps right on TNA where they're attacking each other. And then at, um, they had a Falls Count Anywhere match at New Year's Resolution 2010. And Tara would end up getting the victory in that match. Uh, she actually won in the women's bathroom. Madison Rain came out and like uh, sneak attack Mickey. You mean one like Mike Whitaker won in the bathroom? <laughs> uh, there was I would no say mirrors. The floor of a bathroom. Better put an extra yeah. cheese on that paycheck. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I would like to stay off the floor for yeah. sure. <laughs> but um, I so landed on is... my feet. <laughs> This is just uh, the rematch of their two of their match from Final Resolution. This time it's in a cage match, and like James said, it's right on Impact Wrestling. And I think is a uh, I think is a great match. Randy, so we're gonna go I, ahead and break this down. Is this your favorite version of Mickey James? Hardcore. I think it country. is. Although I do. have have a soft spot for her initial character in WWE as the psycho obsessed possible romantic interest of Trish Stratus that still has a place in my heart but yes I do love hardcore country I think TNA has impact has always used Mickey in the best light possible they've always given her her just desserts this is a woman who worked her way up through the independent scene at the very beginning beginning of the ruthless aggression era working in tna in the early days as a member of raven's block um, with cm punk and uh went through shimmer and a whole bunch of indies up and down the eastern seaboard to get to the wwe and eventually back to impact wrestling and i think they used the cage correctly because as Devin talked about they had had a few a couple of matches before that it wasn't really decisive and they're like all right we're gonna put you guys in a cage because you guys can't handle this and we're gonna make sure that you take care of it this time awesome thank you so much for that like that pinfall submission or escape adam is it okay to escape the cage i'm gonna ask this every single time it's okay to escape it as long as you get back in there and win the match <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i the way I was brought up, you want to win a match, you pin them and make them submit. You don't run away out of the cage. That's what the cage is. There's a southern thing. That's wrestling, baby. Come wrestling, on, wrestling, baby, with all wrestling. We wouldn't have a fucking track I, meet. We'd have a track meet. Get in actually, there and the escaping the cage <laughs> thing to win. That's a northern invention. Right. Actually, that's a Vince Senior decision so that you could do a cage match with a smudge finish because there wasn't actually a decisive finish. So don't well, blame the Southern for this one. You? You're way northern. You're way northern up there in Alaska. You should That's be on western. Board I know, western. but it just happens. No, if you're gonna if you're gonna escape the if you're gonna escape the cage, 
Go uh, go to the bathroom, do what you gotta do, then come back and finish the match. All right. Because I can use that. Being a submit, that's how you win the match. Mike, what did you think about this being the main event? Um, I liked it. I, I, I liked it. It was a good match. Um, nothing I liked about it is the style of the cage, because it's different from WWE's version. So I did like the style of the cage, the way had, they had it set up and stuff like that. So, Coach, I have a two-part question for you. Go ahead. So Madison Rain is the champ at this time, and Mickey James has to beat her to get in there to, to face her. Does the is the decision of is the victory by Mickey James ever in doubt? No, because anytime they usually say that this person has to win this match to get this match, I think we've all been preconditioned to know that the person's gonna win. I mean, but for a Someone that's just watching this show, they probably wouldn't know. Um, but one of the biggest things from this match was for TNA to go from their regular program to go to whatever that extra was at the end. Um, I believe that was the first time that they ever carried the show on to whatever they called their after show. What did they call their after show? Revolution or? Reaction. Uh, Reaction. Reaction. Right. So, yeah, this was the first time that they ever uh, drew that crowd in. And I didn't even know they had that extra show. So that was huge for them. And But the biggest thing, I think, from this match, and I did have to confirm this uh, with somebody, was the camera from the top of the ring. They had a camera at the very top of the roof looking down and it, it was the first time, really, I think they gave that perspective because usually from a cage match, we're looking through the cage and it's very hard to see. A lot of people don't like seeing cage matches, but this was the first time they took a camera from the very top and shot it down. It did make the ring look a little bit small, but it really added to the fight feel of this, of this match. Yeah, it took that from the UFC matches. Yeah, boxing and stuff like big fight fields always have that one, uh, you know. Overhead. Was this the four or six sided ring? No, they were in four. four. Okay. And I think this was the match, but uh, didn't Tara take a weird bump on her hip off of some top rope move? Was that right. the rope, off yeah. the corner, yeah. Look at for sure. I, Adam, I, was that a botch or or what happened there? Looked like she lost her balance. She tried to power up Mickey James and and trying to fall back at the same time. And I think when she did, she didn't have enough control to turn her around for the powerbomb. So I think they just both landed funny because it looked like she's trying to attempt the powerbomb from the top mm. and it didn't get time right. And she just didn't get her around enough. So it was, I guess you can call it a botch because she didn't finish the move, but yeah, it looked like it hurt. Devin, both these women are former WWE superstars. Were they used better here? Um, I don't know. I believe that uh, Mickey probably was because she was able to use her own character, able to get more in her own stories. She was put away from that uh, uh, late in her WWE career. She was booked against uh, Michelle McCool and Layla and thrown in that Piggy oh James angle. And that kind of like tarnished yes. her career towards the end of WWE. So I really think that her coming to TNA, she was able to break out of that shell and become the hardcore country Mickey James that we really know today. 
Uh, Victoria, on the other hand, I feel like she kind of took Tara. I'm sorry. No, call her Victoria. Who the hell with that terrible <laughs> shit? Well, I, I think she was utilized better in the WWE. Like, she was able to get behind that, you know, that, uh, that you know, demented character that she had. Where in uh, TNA, she was always kind of behind Madison Rain or eventually, like, uh, as you'll see, six months, eight months after this, she ends up being behind Mickey James as her bodyguard type character. James, did you think this was a split crowd? And if so, what did you think of the reaction at all? Uh, well, I will say that there were very, very deafening dueling chants of the, uh, you know, let's go, uh, let's go Tara, let's go Mickey. I mean, like ridiculously, uh, you know, loud and dueling and it happened, I would say 80% of the match, you know, it would die down at some points, but then definitely restart. Um, the thing I, I like about the commentary of this match is they keep mentioning the importance of how, uh, like this is a first cage match, first cage match, these women's like our women here headline you know they do this type of stuff this is the opportunities you can have here like they uh they really really hammer that uh today and taz i believe is on commentary and they really really uh mike today sorry for those you know who don't know the uh mike today and taz with who knows how many z's were on commentary but they really do uh hammer home the uh the fact that like you know it's uh like this is a big time deal big time deal like they really really sell it and I, I like that, you know, once again, as we go through these these matches in the commentary, it gets a little more respectful, a little more like bought in, you know, stuff like that. So it's cool to see and definitely cool to hear. Do you think the impact zone sucks? Yeah. No. I'm asking. I don't have an opinion. Yes and no, I guess. You, uh, <laughs> you probably have the potential to do something bigger, but – you know what you can do there. Like, you can set it up and do whatever you want to and have it sound and look however. You can alter that building because you know that building. But probably missing out on, like, traveling live and maybe building a fan base with live shows and stuff. So the way this match well, ends... They're, they're also not making any money. They didn't yeah. charge admission for this. They didn't True. make any money. And a vast majority of the people that are coming in are coming in to get into the air conditioning to get out of the heat in Florida. Been there. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the ending of this match is pretty incredible. Mickey James off the top of the cage in a different way, not a splash. It was like a Fez press. Knees, knees first, right? Was that what it was? Well, but you got to – hold on. Before we get to the finish, you have to talk about the fact that it pretty much went off like off air but then like continued on the reaction thing i always thought that was pretty cool like uh you know don't change don't change don't change we're coming back you know like the tna reaction whatever it was called i thought that was a cool way to like hype up something no you're right it seem a little more important you're right incredible finish uh off the top of the cage and there's not much more to say after that to me i mean that was an amazing knees it looked like she got hurt to me but yeah. Her elbow looked swollen in the match. Tara's did. Yeah. Her elbow looked bad. Her arm, her right arm looked bad. You know, this is so I'm going to get into this a little bit just real quick. I know we're running short on time here, but this is 2010. So technically, according to the WWE standards, this is after the ruthless aggression. But you cannot say this match is not ruthless aggression because it's inside of a cage. She's going up the top. So it really, we're not subject, we're not limiting ourselves to the time period here as much. We're also talking about what kind of matches that are that were 
that were also going on outside of the WWE. Well, they have a pass. They have a pass that deals with the uh, ruthless aggression too, don't they? Yes, for sure. Like this was TNA's first women's main event, wasn't it? Yes, and it was also uh, just. You know, just doing anything. They, this was a brutal match. There was a lot of uh, heavy yeah. hits inside, uh, thrown against the cage. It was very believable, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, those two women are great workers. I mean, I, I'd love to see both of them today because they both and, could handle it. And she's still around today. They're both still around today. So I'm going to ask. I'm gonna, uh, I'm Victoria gonna... is technically retired. Okay. Well, See, good, good thing Check his to... ass, Brandy. Check for <laughs> real. Fuck up, Brad. Right? <laughs> Am I right? We need Brandy, Brandy here more often. <laughs> Brandy, He's real quick. Um, we're going to go ahead and finish this match. Uh, but I want to ask you, what is how important is Mickey James to the ruthless aggression era? I think she's very important because she started at the bottom. At the beginning of this era, she's working her way up on the Indies for you know forty bucks and a hot dog to learn her craft and to get better and she ends it uh in, in this december of 2010 in a main event spot on a first televised cage match between women and proving that you know she's she's got everything that you're looking for she's charismatic she can make things look good in the ring she can make it look like it hurts i really don't think there's anyone there's few people that are more influential from this era than Mickey James awesome you know she flirted with me on zoom just want to let you know that oh Jesus she said she is so sweet I was at WrestleCon 2015 in California and I was walking through the hallway because the hotel was connected to the meeting space where the convention was and I actually passed her and Nick Aldis in the hallway with their baby (laughs) she was going that way towards the convention I had to go back to my room so we actually exchanged pleasantries and I held the door for them and the baby and Nick stayed behind and held the door for me and it was really cute. That's good. Well, she flirted with me for sure on the Zoom. I'm just getting back to that because I can't let it go. Uh, I, I talked, I, I, I congratulate her on that DDT because I think it's one of the best moves there are. And she said real close, she goes, I have a secret. I said, what? She goes, no one's ever kicked out from it. And she was just talking to me, none of you guys. Just to <laughs> yeah. But uh, I felt I it. I, I noticed the same thing, Brad. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I have it. I, I can play it for you guys. It was obvious. God, I bet you do. I'm sure you do. I'm yeah. sure you I was, do. I'll tell you what. I was pretty excited. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this match. Uh, it was a great match. Very, very, oh, hilarious. very rough. Uh, but at the same the time. The best of the three. The best of the three. Definitely the best of the three. Absolutely. I thought all three matches were a step up from last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh Absolutely. man. You can see the difference in the ring for sure from the ruthless aggression just a year later up until 2010 from last week. Do you have a? Do you have something going on over there, Mike? I'm waiting on somebody to show up. Yeah. Can you, can you <laughs> the show on the road? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then uh, you know, uh, speaking of like the last matches compared to these matches, and then moving forward, like now we're starting to get to where like we're watching matches and not you know. So we Rough and tumble, like clothesline, clothesline, roll over the floor. Isn't we're going to take a step back in the next era, though, won't we? Well, mm-hmm. we'll try to pick some good ones for you. <laughs> One step forward, two steps back. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, because Johnny Ace was would like to look through uh, women's clothing catalogs and be like, I want that one, and I want yeah. that one, and I want that one. 
So, can I anyway, tell my John Laurinaitis story real quick? <laughs> well, you know, you're Did the you one that doesn't have pending okay, so litigation. This was hilarious. We're at the supermarket, my wife and I and my kids, and he's at the self checkout. He lives in Phoenix. He's dating a, uh, he was dating Bella's mom, and uh, he was really rude to us. And my wife, sure as shit, said to him, you know what? You're a dick. My, my, my kids really like people power and they really liked uh, and they laughed at you, but you're a jerk. And we just walked off. That's Shout awesome. Out to my wife. Good for her. That was good, coach. I like that. Lynette, shout out. Yeah, she's a good one. All right. There well, I guess a, there were some questions, though, James. Yeah, let's hit those questions. Let's hit them, yeah. Um, anybody have them? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we had them. Nobody told me. Um, I actually collected some questions. Yeah, not just that. We got some from the first match, damn it. <laughs> uh, hit them up. We're ready. Oh, yeah. Brandy's got... Who you got? Conrad you got the, the same end. Why not us? Mickey versus no, I just reached out to different friends of mine and said, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm on the kickout crew this week, and this is what we're talking about. If you got any questions, let me know. And they said, what the fuck is that? And you were like, hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but hey, we're growing every day. You know, the, the, the numbers don't lie, you know, as they say. We're, we're growers, not showers. It's okay. <laughs> right. Brandy, go ahead. Ask a question. All right, so my friend Alex from Ireland said, if you could pick a couple of people from this era to work today, who would it be? Now, he, his idea was you take one person from, say, 2002 to 2005, and then one person from, like, 2006 to 2010. And my choices would be China for uh, the 2002 to 2005 era, and then for the end of the era, I would definitely like to see Beth Phoenix in today's wrestling. Freaking Adam's getting a chubby over there, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Molly. I'm gonna go with Molly Holly. And I and I admittedly wasn't watching as heavy. I, I was watching, but not as much as I should have. Like I said, I had a new baby back then and I was a little distracted. But I think Molly Holly just changed things. And I would like to have seen her. I think she could still go, actually. So I, I would pick Molly Holly. Anybody else? <clears throat> well, I'll I would pick go somebody. with, um, what about Lita? How do you think Lita would do right now? I think she yeah. would be fantastic. I think Lita would do great. Lita and Trish, like, for sure. But, I mean, Lita you know, that's kind of like the default uh, answers, though, you know. And I, I do agree with China. Answer. I think China would do good right now, too. And mm -hmm. she has the women she can work with as, as well right now. Ivory, Victoria. And I think what's different that you guys, what you guys talked about in the last episode with China is I think there's the infrastructure and the awareness in place that China would be able to deal with her mental health issues and her addiction issues if they were still a problem. She would have a community. She would have support. Not unlike backup. True. Absolutely. I, I got to throw in Alicia Fox. She started yeah. in 2009. I loved Alicia Fox. Loved her. Underrated. Very underrated. I'm glad you brought her up because she was one of the people that Johnny Ace picked out of a catalog. But unlike Kelly Kelly, who was just 
happy to be there and rest on her pretty little laurel, she actually dove headfirst into her new business. They would go into the closet in Stanford and they have DVDs and merchandise and all kinds of stuff that you could take. And they were both given boxes full of DVDs. Well, Killer Kelly's sat unopened and people would like steal, steal them out of the box and nobody would notice. Whereas Alicia devoured everything and continued to come back for more and actually really applied herself and tried to get into this new business that she found herself into. Great. The one woman that I wish would come back to the WWE, uh, we just seen her at the last Royal Rumble, but it's the Undertaker's wife, Michelle McCool. She had everything. No, ready, no, ready to kick your fucking ass. I think she was awesome. <laughs> yes, I am. She killed oh, him. No. She killed everybody. Quite, frankly, she's as bland as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and this whole bad girl, yeah. mean girl image, when you're walking out here covered Christian imagery, can we say hypocrite much? She, she, about right. she could barely work. And she like she almost hurt, she didn't know how to deliver the styles clash effectively. And she almost hurt people all the time. Boom. Devin, what do you know? I, I <laughs> guess nothing. <laughs> now Brandy's pissed. Thanks, the Devin. Child, the child. So the only thing guess. she was really good at was getting the Undertaker's eyeliner nice and tight. I Mickey thought he did that himself. Mickey versus Tara. No. In a steel cage match where the crowd was chanting for almost two minutes straight needs to be talked about more. Did you guys even hear what they were chanting? This is from Muck Zola. Let's go, Tara. Let's go, Mickey. Like, it was that. Is he probably talking about the dueling chance? Because yeah. it went on forever and ever and ever. Hey, I, I'm all for it. You know, it's crowd interaction. And this is also around, is this the same era of the fuck off Cena or whatever Cena said? Yeah, same era. Actually, was he, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet, was he? He was there. I mean, not that chant. That's what I meant. One thing I had in my notes, and I'm going to go back to the Beth Phoenix match. They were there was a small chant that started, uh, "We want China." Okay. I heard that. Aww. Yeah, I did hear that. So, who's ready to get their thinking caps on? Because we have a Michael McClanahan. Oh, money, 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 money! Oh, oh. All right, I'll. Money. All right, I'll, I'll so, try to cipher it out for you guys. Go ahead. My uh, dictionary up. People like to say that Becky Bailey. Or Beck or woo! All Bailey, right, Becky Bailey Lynch. So Bailey and Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and the lovely Miss Charlotte. Oh, such an asshole! Oh God! <laughs> are the four horsewomen women responsible for the evolution of the WWE product? Who do you believe were the four horsewomen of the early mid two thousands? Site specific examples. In your recite these. Never Such mind. a beauty ass. I know he loves doing it. No his chance. Shit. We'll give you the four, Mike, but <clears throat> we're not going to explain it. Give us the four, everybody. I have two. All right. Right off the bat. Yeah, Trish Lita for sure. Yes. Exactly. The women's revolution started long before Becky, Bailey, Sasha, and Little Miss Princess Princess. Then <laughs> I have to okay. say Molly Holly in there. The women's revolution began with China yeah. showing that. A woman could be something other than beauty, that she could have a different kind of beauty, that she could be believable against a man and be successful. And that continued to roll on as other women came in who were different. Trish was different from what they had. Uh, 
Lita was very different. Victoria was very different. Molly Holly was very different. And without these women paving the way, there would be no Sasha, there would be no Becky, there would be no Bailey, and there would definitely maybe not be no Charlotte. And I really appreciate that they put them all in the Royal Rumble and in the Revolution because of that, because I do feel they paved the way. So my answers are would be Lita, Trish, Molly, and China. And honestly, the Evolution started long before that, and it started with the Japanese-style influence who influenced a Alundra Blaze, Medusa Michelli. You had the women who came over, Bull Nakano, Akira Hokuto, Maname Toyota. And while wrestling was dying over here in the 90s and in the Attitude Era, it was still thriving in Japan. And all these women helped influence a style that is continuing to influence the American style. We also had the Japanese crossover with Shimmer. They brought across many um, Japanese talent. Awesome Kong was trained and came from Japan before she worked in America. Also very different. So honestly, we got to thank the Japanese women. Awesome. And don't forget about Christy Hemi, the first uh, diva winner. Correct. Mm. <laughs> uh, other than that, I think we have one more question I just want to get to because this is Big Zol Lopez. I don't think this is even true. So probably guys, isn't with Zol. <laughs> I think he's full of shit on this question. Collusion. Right. Love you, Zol. Why was Molly Holly overlooked in this era? I don't think. Oh, she was fuck you, Zol. He wasn't over. She wasn't overlooked. <laughs> She was the Hall of Famer, jackass. Well, How could she, she be overlooked? Is she the Hall she of Famer? Yet. <laughs> Jeez. I think, I, know, I think I know what he's talking about. All right. Probably, probably because Trish is looked at as the blonde. Right. Uh, Lita has the, the high. God damn, Mike. Hey, guys, I'm going to kick off real quick. I got a quick run in. I got my sister. Hey, girl. Hi. Hey. Sister. And this is her fiance, Jackie. Hello. Hey, hey Jackie. Nothing like that. They just did a 10 hour drive and popping it open up here. You're damn right. Hey, oh, Shannon. You know, here's the reason we're doing this at midnight on a Thursday, yeah. huh? So I can spend the weekend with them. Sorry, guys. Nice to meet you. They, they just yes. got here. I wanted, I wanted to jump them on real quick and all that stuff. I'll be out in the store. Mm-hmm. All right, we're good. No, you're coming in that from a UFO. Is that you, Devin? Devin, is that you? No, that's no, Mike. You can say whatever you want. Do what? He's probably looking at it as far as, like, you know, Trish was, you know, she wore the stuff to kind of enhance herself and blind, short shorts. Uh, Lita showed her thongs all the time. Molly Holly just come out and wrestled. She didn't have to have her stuff out, blonde hair. And because of that, I don't think she was maybe noticed as much as Lita because they did that. She shaved her damn head, Adam. Other than that, I mean. And she won a championship. I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree. They just just showed Sable, Trish, all them more because of the looks. And Molly Holly was more of the worker. I got you. That's probably oh, what right. she was. I don't think she's, she was overlooked. I don't think she was. She's the Cesaro of the group. I right? mean, if there, she there ever go. got a title match or had great title runs, which she did, she's a Hall of Famer. She's someone that women continue to cite as an inspiration. She wasn't overlooked. She just wasn't 
given enough of a spotlight compared to the other women because she didn't fit the conventional beauty standard Thank or the you. thing that Vince wanted to see on his screen, which was blonde hair and big tits. Thank she you. But she wasn't ugly either. Like, we make it no, she, she's not girl. ugly. She's no, she was a very beautiful. Woman. She's just not the she conventional was. blonde hair. She was the whole girl next door type, you know. She has a girl next door, Molly. <laughs> Mighty Molly. Mighty Molly. All right, I'm done with questions. So, well, I uh, you know yeah, what else Joel, you killed it. Sorry, what? you killed you killed you killed all of us all. How dare you? Nah. Yeah. Horribly cool, shitty huh? question. Well, hey, if we're all uh, if we're all killed, well, you know it can fire us all up. Something really beautiful, and that's Mike's Meek Minute. So, uh, Mike, oh. what you got this week? Today I got something uh, pretty good. Yeah. I'm doing a three, two, one, ribs. So what you want to do with this? Get your smoker set up. Do about uh, two fifty on. And make sure you get your temperature nice and good, everything else. Season your meat. Throw your ribs on there. Bone down. Then cook for three hours. After three hours, on what temperature? Pull them off. On what temperature? At 250. And you keep it at 250 the whole time. Cook it for three hours. After three hours, you pull it off. You're going to wrap it nice and good in aluminum foil. Be careful when you're wrapping your meat. Always be careful. Double wrap it if you have to. Okay. So then you um cause a tear. Do what? Too tight can cause a tear. Yeah, too tight. So you got to wrap it nice and good. Yes, but too loose, that juice can get everywhere. You don't want that juice getting into places it's not supposed to be. Good point, Brandy. Good point. Good point. So you wrap it in aluminum foil, put it back on, opposite side, for two hours. Let it cook at 250. After two hours, you take it off, unwrap it, put it back on for one hour. After, when you're cooking it for that one hour, if you like sauce, you can throw your sauce on there in about you know 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes left, you throw your sauce on there, and, do what you have to do with it. Um, they cook for one more hour. You pull it off, but be careful because you do it right. When you pick it up, it's going to fall right off the bone. This feels like a fucking porno, right? <laughs> I was thinking, like, this is the most sexual into it. Yeah, I'm, li I'm listening, man. I'm listening, Mike. Do I just need to start turning the lamps off? And like, yeah. yeah no, I was Wrap it up. Course. Do what you got to do. Take your time. <laughs> you got to do it. I mean, do you're going to wrap it up if you're taking your time. Mm. Yeah. As long as you don't get your juice everywhere, you're usually pretty good. Good point. No, that's why you wrap it up, because then all those juices soak in that meat. Nothing like some juice in the meat, huh? <laughs> hey, the juicier the meat, the better. That's what she said. What? <laughs> my three, two, one. I love it. Go ahead, go ahead. And I'll tell you a season, listen. I know we're at free shows, and we got Mr. Jr. with us, but I've tried the Brock Lesnar seasoning. Don't you off dare. the chain? <gasps> off the chain. Uh, but we're canceled. But, but Jr. is good for everything. Brock Lesnar is good for the meats. All so I'll give Jr. Season. that. I'll give Jr. that. 
they are, you can put on eggs, you can put in your salad, you can do whatever you want with it. That Brock Lesnar, you throw it on some ribs or a steak, that's good. Mm-hmm. There's one sponsorship away. <laughs> well, or maybe one, one game. Brock, Brock shout out is, to you us. Know JR, you can only get the little bottles. Mm-hmm. With Brock's mix, you can get a goddamn bucket. Yeah, you can get a big old bucket with it. You can get a five gallon bucket of his seasoning. So, dear Brock, I, please remember. I'm not paying that much for it. I'm going to go by bottle by bottle. In a remote place where mm-hmm. it takes a long time to get something somewhere, mm-hmm. I appreciate being able to buy in bulk and have it on hand for a long period of time. Because I went through my first JR's seasoning, my little bottle, in like two months. Yeah. Because it's so good. Well, yes. It is good. And, and uh, then it takes team. another two months to get it here. And uh, Mr. Lesnar, uh, do remember that we treated your wife with the utmost respect last week on our episode? Just yes, want to throw that out there, you know. We're afraid. Ed Prather did say some bad things, Mr. Lesnar. Yes, he did. And I Ed think Prather. he should handle Make those uh, appropriately and accordingly and with the, uh, you know, quickness. I can show you where that asshole lives. I, I know yeah. exactly where he lives. We can, take, we can handle this problem expeditiously, sir. If you just give us the green light, we are good to yeah. go. What's next week? That's oh, we need demographic. Sorry again. <laughs> demographic COVID. What? Sorry. Again. I COVID edition of Devin's demographic. No, I'm um. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit behind this week. Um. That's what she said. Hey. Uh, but it it was officially announced last week, and I don't think we even touched on it at all. But Sasha Banks has been released by the WWE. Uh, Raj walked that back. Okay. By the time She's this airs, all over your gonna I just want to let you know she has not allowed anything that you've said to be true. Yeah, I, normally I think she feels about the way Ed Franco does. <laughs> yeah, must be. I don't know. At least but... I have some journalistic integrity. All <laughs> right. Just uh, to be honest, though, I. I haven't been able to listen to the news or much like I really would every day weekly. Yeah, because you don't have time at home doing zero shit. <laughs> oh, it's just, I can't focus. But so uh, most of my free time had went to the, these matches this week, honestly. Uh, dedication. There you go. Swing it back home. Devin's dedication. There Real it is. Some things before we get into what we're talking about next week. This is something to leave you with this week. Is a hot dog a sandwich? And should barbecue sauce be on pizza? But I'm not going to say anymore. What about ketchup on pizza? Don't you dare. Don't you dare bring that. Don't you dare bring that to me, Ricky Bobby. I will say this. I do like barbecue pizza, uh, barbecue sauce on a pizza. And whichever uh, fan uh, wrote in to Brad, I agree with you. That is the that is one of the best sauces on a pizza ever. I love barbecue sauce. He hates it. On James Sorensen. If it, if it is used as the main sauce, like Rosie's saying, like barbecue chicken, you know, a little uh, barbecue, like whatever. If it's apple. Used as the main sauce, bomb. I'm with Rosie on this. Thank you. James well, Thornton, thank you for bringing that up. RJ, and RJ thinks a freaking hot dog's a sandwich. I think he's full of shit. But. Does pineapple well, it's RJ. I mean, they're weird in that area of the woods. You know, shout out Devin. They're weird in that neck of the woods in old, you know, New York. Does, does pineapple belong on pizza? See, this yes, is a, uh, Jesus, this is we're not doing this. <laughs> I like it. 
Oh, it's like die, hard hard die Hard a Christmas movie. What the fuck are we doing, guys? <laughs> For real. We're one cliche after another right now. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, run-ons and run-ons, I believe, uh, what's next week? Speaking of our, uh, you know, running-on storyline with women's matches. All right, so. What type of era are we covering next week? So, specifically, it's called the TV and reality area. We're going to combine both of them, and I promise you this time we're really going to combine them. And it's going to be probably about, I mean, really, like we said, according to WWE, the ruthless aggression, the ruthless aggression era ends in 08. But we, we felt that we were looking at other organizations in 2010. So we're kind of looking at like 2011 to 2015, right before the women's revolution. We don't have any matches yet. By the time you hear this, they will be there. And I'm not going to ramble on like I did last week about <laughs> what you, what you pick. You already picked them. I promise. Or we already picked them. Somebody picked them. Yeah. Actually, you know what, Devin? Devin, uh, Adam, and Mike, you guys did a great job of picking last week. We know James doesn't want to pick. Coach doesn't even give a shit either. <laughs> he just wants to know what the matches are, and, and I'm the same way. So I have some ideas for the last week, but you guys can go ahead and, and throw those out yeah. this week again. That's our our talents better be utilized with the people that have said talents. Yeah, and again, uh, Brandy, uh, this has been a real pleasure today. Thank yeah, you for, for bringing sure. a female perspective because we absolutely needed it. And you, you taught us some things today that we did not know and uh, we appreciate it. And thanks for uh, bringing some class to this uh, group of uh, juggalos. Thanks for keeping Devin on his toes. Yeah. Devin's a, Devin doesn't know. Well, shit. Thank you, you for having me. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate y'all doing this series because it's very important. I think people often overlook women's wrestling and they really shouldn't. And I want to give a shout out to somebody who's been on my mind. His name is Casey. He passed away a couple of years ago. He was the owner and editor of the site Squared Circle Sirens. And I've never seen anyone in my life more passionate about women's wrestling or more knowledgeable. And our world has been less bright without you in it, Casey. And I hope you know that there's a bunch of us that are carrying on in your memory and in your steed. And women's wrestling will never die. Awesome. Thank you for that. That boy, Casey. Is there anywhere we can see some of his stuff? SquaredCircleSirens.com. His Twitter is also still up at If You Seek Casey. And Mike, do we oh. have anybody joining us next week? Yes. We have Amy join us next week. And awesome. before I close out, real quick. I want to throw my other, my other guest. This is my niece, Alexis. And as of eight minutes ago, my time, it is her birthday. My birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. birthday. How old are you, girl? How old are you? How old are you? 14. 14? Oh, you, so you're going into eighth grade or ninth grade? Ninth grade. Ninth grade. Well, good luck in high school. Uh, make sure you do all your homework. And uh, listen oh. to Uncle Mikey. Oh, God. So, this That's is why she's here. To to. Welcome to the kickout crew. Oh, thank you. All right, yeah. Uh, uh, what? Happy birthday, brother. Nice to meet you. Happy birthday. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I think we have some sort of a record here. Yeah. Hey, man. Sorry, guys. Oh, so, had a lot of traffic with the previous episode. Have a lot of run ins with the days. So, Mike I was saying we're on the good things. We are on the good things. I blame Adam because he was late. Yeah, it's all Adam's fault. It's bullshit, though. <laughs> but uh, 
I guess as we uh, draw to another thrilling conclusion, Adam has thrown his papers again. For those keeping record, there's an Easter egg. I know what the total count is because somebody alerted me. Adam throws his papers a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You can tell, you never tell when the episode's ending when Adam throws those papers. But uh, before I send it to the guys, uh, you know, we can do our total handers and all that stuff. Uh, Brandies or anything you want to, you know, promote, plug, shout out, anything like that? Your Twitter Absolutely. You know, I like am that? at Brandy Writes PW on Twitter, and you can find all of my writing on the last word of prowrestling.com. Nice. Well, uh, once again, I, I know I, I do speak for everybody, but I don't speak for everybody, but we do appreciate having you on today. Uh, thank you for that. Of course, I am at James L. Corai. You know, that is uh, the name on the screen. Figure out how to spell it on your own. Uh, but I'll... Uh, well, you know, I'm just a dude, but uh, I'm going to pass it to the crew here. Uh, you know, I'll start with uh, Devin. I know he's got the uh, the vid. So, uh, Devin, give the people your Twitters and all that stuff. I'm Devin Dowling. You can catch me at Devin D19 on Facebook or on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. On Facebook, I'm Devin Dowling. But uh, no, this was a lot of fun bringing you on this week, Brandy, uh, to help us deep dive into Ruthless Aggression Era. Um, I thought it was, you know, three three more really fun matches. And next week is going to be three more in the reality TV era. Real shit. Appreciate it, uh, Devin. He also, uh, you know, we have an Instagram and a TikTok and uh, all that other stuff. We don't yeah. have a TikTok. We have one. But my kids have been checking every day for a video, my kids. And they go, Dad, you ain't got shit on. on uh, all right, let's TikTok. do it. Me and you, Coach. Me Tell you. Devin to get. Uh, get get it cracked. You, you ain't got shit to do. <laughs> All right, live on the air. I'm posting our very first TikTok. You Perfect. got COVID. You can't even go to work for ten days. Right, get on that shit. COVID's still a thing. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, it's like a political. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Brad, uh, by the way, I'm Brad as uh, Yes Man Brad on Twitter. Brandy, thank you so much for coming in today. We've been in contact for a little while. We have definitely quoted you on the show a few times, and your knowledge. And just keeping us in line, much appreciated. Yeah. And I'm Mike Whitaker. You can find me at Whitaker1028. Brandy, like everybody else, thank you very much for coming in. Sorry, everybody, for all the interruptions. But I'm going to go spend time with some family. <laughs> yeah. Adam? Adam underscore from underscore Bama. And, of course, you know, me and Brandy do talk guy theater, so – I'm used to her having her ducks in a row. I'm used to her having her knowledge. You know, she always knows what she's talking about. And if you ever say something you don't know what you're talking about, she'll flat tell you, buddy. So I'm used to it. I'd get kicked out of it because she calls everybody out, especially poor Antonio. She calls him out on a daily basis, and it's hilarious. But thank you for joining us, Brandy, and I'm sure I'll see you in a few days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coach? Uh, real Coach Rosie, uh, StarCast is 30 days away. If you guys are getting out to Nashville, it's going to be epic. Ric Flair's last match. We got a New Japan show. We got a, a GCW show. We got an MLW show. Come on out to Nashville, and everything is going to be A-OK, because it's going to be a hell of a weekend. I like that. Nice. Love that. Um, you know, uh, 
Well, uh, that's uh, all of us uh, at the Kickout Crew. You can follow us at Twitter. That is at Kickout Crew. This has been episode 11. And like my favorite, uh, you know, band, Dave Matthews Band says, uh, you know, celebrate we will because life is short but sweet for certain. And hey, we climb on two by two to be sure that these things continue. So uh, that's enough about me and uh, for the whole crew here. And, uh, you know, it's your show. So uh, appreciate you listening and uh, hope everybody has a good time. Thank you for checking us out. We'll see you next week. Peace. Yep. Oh, yeah.